Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 730 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. Yeah. All right, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs>Distinctly remember seeing this. They did all three at the uh, landmark downtown. Yes. I distinctly remember certain points of this movie sitting in that theater, feeling it happen, and just being like, man, this it's such a good movie. You know, talk about some some iconic people in film coming together. <laughs> Story by George yeah. Lucas, directed by Steven Spielberg, Harrison Ford, Sean Connery, the amazing John Williams. I mean, if you can buy talent, you end up with Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Clearly, Paramount bought talent. Yes, yes. Um, uh, Sir Sean Connery. Yes, yes, yes. He's right. he a knight. That's right. Uh, you know, it's funny. When we started this, I, th- I think we talked earlier on in this season, if we were talking about true, you know, if I if I was being 100% um, uh, well, not that I'm not being true. It, if I was being really critical in terms of the most impactful movies on my life, you know, my first movie should have been Star Wars. I was six yeah. when it was released. I saw it in the theater, and it literally has has shaped the course of my life. As we said, I think, and I think this may have been off mic, but we weren't doing, you know, we're not doing a Star Wars movie. It that 
ground has been well traveled by geeks. Uh, well, especially the original trilogy. Yeah, White dudes yeah. in our age have <laughs> done many podcasts exactly. while, about that. While we both love it, you know, we're not adding anything new to that conversation. Um, I I love that you picked this movie because maybe well, this movie, Indiana Jones, the trilogy, holds a similar place just I can't think of movies without thinking of these movies as a child. This is it. This is yeah. as good as it gets. And this is the best of the three because, you know, there's no blatant racism like in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> and there's no, uh, you know, hearts being ripped out of chest like in Temple of Doom. I, you know, I, I'm, not as, I'm not as critical of the first one uh, as you <laughs> are there. Uh, the second one, you know, darker. But holy cow, this is everything you want to wrap up a perfect film trilogy. Yeah, this was yeah, just Spielberg said he did this for two or for three reasons uh, to fulfill a, a bet with George Lucas. <laughs> Boy, they love um, betting on their movies, don't they? They sure do. Um, because hang on, let me find it. Yeah. I saw it here. Fulfill a three three movie obligation he had made with George Lucas. Okay, to atone for the and to atone for the criticism. That Temple of Doom had received. Okay. Which it does. It, it returns to form. It's more like the first one. Yep. And the only people that are put in a bad light in this movie are Nazis. Nazis. And that's just fine. The villains that we never get sick of. Never get sick of them being, them being villains. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, well, listen, I, I, I want to talk about this, but we got some housekeeping to do first. Yes, since we are. Guys with beers talking about movies with capes. What are we drinking? So this was your movie pick. Yeah, you pulled the beer. Tell us. So I went to our favorite place in the world, <laughs> um, the happiest place on earth for us. That's right. Please don't sue us, Mouse. Uh, the uh, the one and only branching out bottle shop in Camillus, New York. Uh, went in there. Barley was very happy to see someone else in there. It was pretty quiet today. Uh, middle of the day, drop off. And uh, he was like, hey, person. <laughs> and then someone else came in and I was... Yeah, dog food. You were so twenty seconds ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess dog food would be good to a dog, so that doesn't make any sense. So uh, scoured the whole thing, gave Chris a whole bunch of things, and it just—it was really hard. Like we almost ended up with Storm the Castle. Okay, Castle Brew because sure, probably the best set piece in this entire movie involves the, the castle. Please. <laughs> I am Mickey Mouse. How dare he? Uh, uh, then I almost, just because of all the God in this movie, sure. we almost did Sweet Baby Jesus. Okay. Oh, all right. Uh, but we didn't. Uh, instead, the very last beer I looked at. <laughs> Todd, what is the crusade about finding? It's about finding the Holy Grail. And if you find the Holy Grail and drink from it, what does it give you? Everlasting life. So we are drinking... Other halves forever, ever. Yes. It is a double dry hopped session India Pale Ale, 4.7 alcohol by volume, and these are full pints. Yeah. Just like you like them. Uh, so I, I pulled a little info on this brewery. So this is not a brewing company that we've had before. Uh, they nope. are a New York State brewer, which we always love to go uh, New York when we can. Um, Specifically, your uh, favorite comic book character's hometown. Uh, just a kid from Brooklyn. That's right. Yeah. So 
the there there was enough interesting stuff here on their website that I want to share stuff. So I, I got some quotes from Paul. So let's go for it. In terms of their story, in 2014, Sam Richardson, Matt Monahan, and Andrew Berman founded Other Half Brewing Company, a local brewery in New York City, with a simple mission to create beers that they wanted to drink from a company that they wanted to be a part of. Clean, simple mission. I like that. Like that a lot. The other half team believes that local breweries play an important role in their communities, which is why they partner with these other like-minded brewers and brands in local maids across the country and the world, but always return to their home state of New York in their Brooklyn taproom. Cool. Nice. Uh, and in a statement that some people that probably not a lot of folks that we're personally friends with, but, uh, Folks who are not a fan of woke culture, this will probably turn them off. I'm okay with oh that. Oh, boy. On their website, um, if you look at the About Them section, there's a link for Code of Conduct. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Let me take a look. Worth reading. Other Half Brewing is working towards building a safe place within our community for all genders, races, or backgrounds. We welcome oh, yeah. everyone to support their neighborhood and respect the differences among their neighbors. Any acts of abuse, homophobia, misogyny, racism, or sexism displayed towards our staff or our patrons will not be tolerated. Those who cannot respect and value others will be asked to leave the brewery. Let's all be a part of the change that we want to see. And I saw that, and I'm like, Indiana Jones would support that message. He sure would. Yeah. So, great choice in beer uh, by everything we've got so far, but there's only one way to tell. And that is to... Hang on. Do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, that's nice. You're a second ahead of me. Hold on. That's all right. Ooh. Oh, that's it's got a good aroma on the pour. Ooh, another dank beer. That is quite dank. Mmm. All right. Cheers. Cheers buddy. Oh. Ooh. So that's really smooth. nice. Yes. Surprisingly smooth. You know, for a session IPA, yeah. Yeah, you know, with the with that aroma, I was like, oh, this one's going to have a real sharp hops bite. It does not. It's very, that very is easy drink. Lovely. It is refreshing, warming, welcoming, much like this movie. Yes, yes. Great uh great job on the beer, my friend. Hey, I got the beer and the movie right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I got a couple fun almost casts. Okay, go for it. So Sir, Sir Sean Connery was always Steven Spielberg's first choice to play Indiana Jones' his father. Uh, as an inside joke, they said that James Bond was, is the father of Indiana Jones. <laughs> if that failed, they were looking at John Pertwee. Did not ring a bell with How me. do you spell the last name? P-E-R-T-W-E-E. Hmm. Oh, uh, he his face looks... Doctor Who. Was he one of the doctors? I, he might have been the first... He's the third doctor. You'll oh, recognize yeah. him if you see him. Okay. The only one I remember from that time is uh, Tom Baker. Yeah, so... The one with the scarf. Way, Everyone. way before. He would have been... Was he like, is he like in a tuxedo? Uh, hmm. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. 1969. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. If you if you saw a picture of him, you'd recognize him. Uh, I'm clicking. Oh. Oh yeah, yeah. He's like he's like in the he's in a tuxedo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, his first film credit is 1938. Jesus. Now he died in, in 96. 96. So he yeah, so he was 76 he was alive, when he died. He yeah, just... he would have been 67. No. 96, 7 years. Uh 69. He would have been 69 when this came out. Okay. Hmm. All right. A little I mean, a little, little older than uh sure Sir Sean Connery. Yeah, I I'm sure he would have been fine, but I mean, sure. Sean Connery of course is brilliant in this. Well, you know who also would have probably been fine as the second choice, as the third choice, actually? Gregory Peck. Oh, wow. Junior. That's interesting. Yeah, that would have been, that would have been, that would, he would not have, I don't think we would have gotten funny Henry Jones Sr. Uh, yeah. We would have gotten very stern. Gravitas. Yeah, gravitas. This is, this is a very funny, um, Sean Connery. This is probably the funniest I've ever seen him. And you know, it's funny you say that. I was thinking about this today. Both Sean Connery and Harrison Ford have created characters that we love in film. Mm-hmm. I'm of the opinion that meeting neither of meeting either of them would not be a wonderful experience because I think as people, I think they're both incredibly cranky, grumpy old men. Um, yep. But boy, that does not show up. At, on screen, they are perfectly matched. Uh, speaking of B- James Bond, yes, I agree. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, yeah. Jumped in. Yeah, but I agree. Uh, speaking of James Bond, mm-hmm. there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine actors in here that have been in James Bond movies, aside from Sean Connery. What? Uh huh. John Reese Davies. I can't remember what he was in. Okay. But he was like a Bond sidekick. Um, Allison Duty was in a View to a Kill. That's Elsa. One of the Timothy, yeah, okay. one of the Timothy Dalton movies. Uh, Julian Glover um, is not only the, the um, AT AT operator from Empire Strikes Back on the Hoth planet. What? Yeah, that's him. He oh, is also a Bond right. villain. And while we're here, spoiler for the end of the movie, hey, when Donovan shoots Henry Jones Sr., yeah. what kind of gun does he shoot him with? I assume it's a Luger. No, it's a Walther PPK, which is, is whose gun? James Bond's. <laughs> so James Bond villain shot James Bond with his own gun. That's how dare he. Totally, yep. totally done on purpose. Oh, John Reese Davies was in what well, he was General Leonard Pushkin in the 1987 film The Living Daylights, the Timothy Dalton Bond. Okay, so two two Dalton so yeah, two Dalton villain or two Dalton uh Bonds. Uh, what one was Julian in? Uh hold on. Julian Glover. Uh and so John Reese Davies, not Brian Blessed, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> You know, I worry sometimes that our inside jokes are too inside if you haven't heard anything. I, of course, behind that is hey. the idea that it's only a few years ago that I realized that John Reese davies and Brian Blessed are two different people. <laughs> and also, if you if you haven't, welcome to the party, pal. Yeah. Uh, okay, he was Eris Christastos in For Your Eyes Only. For Your Eyes Only, which is a Roger Moore Roger one, Moore, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah, Who was, okay, okay. You know, for me growing up, Roger Moore was my James Bond until uh, Daniel Craig. 
yeah. know, took the title as the greatest Bond of all as, time. As much, well, as much as I don't like Sean Connery, Sean Connery's a very close second. <laughs> sure, sure. And my father will only, he will grudgingly acknowledge that there's an actor named Daniel Craig that some people <laughs> use the word, the name James Bond with. But for him, the only James Bond is uh, Sean Connery. One of the guards, uh, Stefan Kalapaya, Kalapai? Um, K-A-L-I-P-H-A. If you just Google him, his second picture is going to be him in uh, what is it? What uh, in uh, Indiana Jones? But he was also in A View to a Kill. <laughs> nope. I'm sorry. He was in for our, for your eyes only. Got sorry. It. Okay. So another Roger Moore. Wow, that's crazy. Right? Yeah. Uh, it's almost like they've made twenty of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, 25. How dare you? 25. 20 was uh what's his face's last Bond movie? Then Oh, uh, uh Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pat Roach. Pat Roach. Who else? Pat Roach. I'm gonna open, I'm gonna see the picture and go, oh, Pat Roach. Oh, big guy. Oh, this so what I'm reading is not is uh that's the guy that that's the guy that pat that's the guy that's that gets in, killed by the flying wing in the first one and that but yeah that's in raiders of the lost so maybe Star. they're talking about like in all of the indie movies oh wait he he's listed here as temple of doom is he just a um temple of doom i think he's the bad the big guy that indie fights pat in the rock Roach. crusher last yeah is he just the big dude he i mean that's or the one that uh uh, or which, yeah, I mean, he's got to be one of the big guys in the mine. I mean, he's cast as, oh, but he's in this too. Yeah, Gestapo. Oh, yeah, there he is. It's a deleted scene. Oh, okay, got it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you look at these pictures of him, you're like, that's never in the movie. And I, I do believe he is the big guy that Andy fights on the Rock it. Crusher in Brown Face. <laughs> sure. I mean, but it's let's be honest. He will always be, I mean, the fight, I mean, there's... There's so many moments in this film that I feel like are wonderful callbacks to the original and to mm -hmm. Temple of Doom. Um, you know, the fight on the tank is very reminiscent of the fight in front of the flying wing, as well as the fight on the rock yep. crusher, right? This idea that there's a, a physical contest while there's an environmental hazard that's getting closer. Uh, I mean, and that that flying wing fight will define that suspense for me forever. Sure. Uh, the next one is uh, Eugene Lip Lipinski, hmm. who was one of the G-Men Okay, at the beginning that bring him and uh, James Bond. He was in Octopussy. Okay. <laughs> the most problematic of all of the titles. Yeah. <laughs> It's pretty bad. I still have no idea how that <laughs> made it through standards of practice. Uh, it was 1983, and we stopped caring. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> clearly. Uh, Michael Byrne. B-Y-R-N. Mm-hmm. Oh, the... Um, the... <sighs> What's his name? Oh, the tank in commander, the, the Nazi officer. Oh, shit. Yeah. What's his name, though? He has a really cool name. Uh, 
Admiral Kelly, Tomorrow Never Dies. Vogel is no, his character in this. Vogel. It's such a cool name. Yeah. Isn't he is he not the also the um the one who murders um William Wallace's wife? No, Edward the Longshanks. No, no. It's it's some random person because he's uh, following her around and he says, Oh, you remind me of my daughter. I think that's him. Hang on. I do not see. Brave. It's coming up. Braveheart. Braveheart. 93. 93? Uh, yeah. Oh. 95, excuse oh, 95. me. 95. Oh, I was too low. And in... Oh, yeah. Smythe. Oh, he must be. Good. Good. Yeah, catch, he's the man. one. Yeah. <laughs> when you, when you, with those two characters, anytime he shows up in anything, you're like, oh, fuck, watch out. Yeah. <laughs> He's kind of like, uh, what's it? He killed Mozart. I don't know Mozart. I don't know Mozart. Mo who? Yeah, Mozart. <laughs> well, he went on to be, a, as far as I know, a very terrible person on um, Game of Thrones. Game of I know, weird. Someone being, isn't he Game of Thrones? Uh, does Oh, not no. F. Murray Abraham. The the other guy in, um, the guy with the glass eye in... Uh, oh, in uh, oh well, that's Tywin Lannister. Yeah, that's the amazing yeah. uh, Charles Dance. Charles, Charles Nan- Dance. Dance or Nance? Dance. Yeah. Dance. Yeah. And the last one is the guy we were just talking about, the German butler, yeah. Vernon. Yes. Dobschiff. He is in James Bond, not Jamesville. He is. Oh, he looks like he was a Bond villain. Oh, oh, he was in the Spy Who Loved Me. Oh, old school! Holy cow, that's that's Connery. Yeah, yeah, spy. the original. Holy cow, the OG himself. Okay, that's enough time on that. Okay, all right. Um, so yeah, I thought that was interesting. Uh, those two things. And that's all. Like, oh wait, no, I'm sorry. I started with the second one. I didn't do the first sure. one. Sure. Uh, the British, uh, the Grail Knight, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. was originally going to be Lawrence Olivia. <gasps> Oh my God, that would have been amazing. He was too old and too ill to commit oh. to the role, and he died shortly after the movie was released. Oh, that's too bad. That would have been that would have been really cool. That would have been really cool. Mm-hmm. Who uh, do we have? He must that be. guy's name. Yeah. No, I don't know, but he's great. He really is. He really is. I mean, the the you know before memes were a thing, you have chosen poorly, Robert Edison. Is the actor. he's great, Mr. Edison? You were fantastic. Yeah, he was born in 1908. Holy shit! Yep, we're in extra credits. All right. So even when this movie was taking place, he was a full-grown man. He was 30. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. This movie takes place in 38. Yeah, yeah. fuck, <laughs> that's right. That's Jesus right. Wow, good for him. All right, so now other production. Wait, he was born in 1908? 08, so he was 30. So he was 80. He was 80 when he made this film. Yeah, yeah. And 80, looks at. <laughs> yeah. N- well, no, he looks 700. Well, true. They, true. Age, they age him up a bit, they age him up thankfully. A bit. Um, now, this is, you know, we could probably do a whole episode just on the making of this movie. So you talked about um, oh, geez, some motivations that Spielberg had. Uh, the Even the idea for the story um, starts with the idea of a, the Grail from George Lucas. Spielberg doesn't like that. They look at a couple other things, 
other things, uh, a haunted house. Spielberg had done oh. Poltergeist, didn't want to do another haunted house. Um, yep. An Asian themed uh, quest with you know mystical spirits and stuff. Didn't and Spielberg short round coming back. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't see that. But um, no, I'm just saying he. Sure. It's weird that he's never been he's mentioned, never been yeah. and he's technically predates everyone else because Temple of Doom takes place before Raiders. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you watch them chronologically, it's oh, yeah, Doom, yeah. It's Raiders. Doom. Yeah, it's um, so weird. So the, uh, and then finally, Lucas convinces Spielberg to come back to the Grail idea. Now, he, they hire somebody to write it, and actually, uh, it's like a, tri- the guy that ends up getting the uh, screenplay credit is Jeffrey Boam. He described it basically like a, like a, a trail of bodies uh, in front of him uh, with other people who had tried writing the script. the Now, the story by credit is George Lucas and Menno May, Mages, Mayas, mm-hmm. uh, who ha- worked on an earlier iteration, but Jeffrey Boam gets the written by credit. Now, if you saw stuff in the 80s, you probably saw his stuff. The Dead mm-hmm. Zone, The Lost Boys, Inner Space, Lethal Weapon 2 and 3, The Itches, Witches of Eastwick, The Phantom that we almost did, uh, for my birthday uh, pick, the inner space uh, we almost did for this. Oh, was part. that an almost I pick for you? L- yeah, I love that movie. It's a great movie. Yeah, and uh, the Lost Boys. I mean, again, for my generation, that was a huge, huge movie. Danny loves that movie. Does she really? Mm-hmm. I mean, she's not really alone. I think Aubrey. I think Aubrey does too, as well. Except for the maggots. Of course, of course. Um, Nobody likes that scene. So. Uh, the direction, Steven Spielberg, again, this plucky little uh, indie director, maybe you've heard of him. Um, <laughs> in terms of the money, so this movie comes out in 89. It's got a budget of $48 million. It does $475 million at the worldwide box office. Uh, a $1989 today is worth uh, about $2.29. So you multiply by 2.29. So that $48 million budget becomes a $110 million budget. No surprise, mm-hmm. Spielberg, the third movie in the trilogy. And the $475 million box office becomes $1.09 billion. So, Jesus. right? That's that's unfortunately probably why how we got three and uh, four and five. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, so, I mean, again, it's Indiana Jones. If you've never heard of him, I have no idea how you found your way to our stuff. <laughs> but... But also, what makes this one so good is even though it's the last one in the trilogy, you might miss some stuff. You might miss some jokes. But this can stand alone on its own. All three of them, even though they're supposed to be hearkening back to the serialized movies that Lucas and Spielberg grew up on, you can watch each one of these separately and have a contained story. Yeah, There's stuff that hints at stuff throughout. Like when they're in the uh, underneath Venice, you, we see the Grail, we sure. hear the Grail theme. Sure, but yeah, I just this one, this one's the best. This one's yeah. Now, do you want to take a guess, or do you remember what the IMDb rating for this movie is? Like a like an eight. So we'll hold our commentary towards the end. It is an eight point three out of ten on IMDb. So um. Yeah, I know well, why. I know why. I have. I don't have a clue why. So, because everyone thinks Raiders is the best one. Oh. It's Empire and it's Empire and Jedi all over again. I mean, listen. I love Jedi because I love Luke's story, but this is worlds better 
than Jedi. And I, it's worlds better than Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, also, you know, we don't have to talk about when it, when it's not, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, the fact that, uh, you know, Indiana Jones is a okay. <laughs> pedophile. Okay. Uh, All right. We can skip that too. It was a dip. <sighs> it was a different time. It was a different time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, why don't we uh, talk about this movie? <laughs> yeah, let's roll that film. Okay, so we open like all Indiana Jones movies open with the Paramount Mountain becoming something else. Yeah. I think this one does it the coolest. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, Temple of Dunes is pretty awesome, too, where it mm-hmm. becomes the giant gong that saves Indy's life. Right. Uh, you know, we can all agree that the worst one is Crystal Skull. Uh, where it's the anthill. I think I've literally seen that movie once, and I feel no need to go back to it. You don't need to. Yeah. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Though, one of the beers that Carissa pointed out was Switchblade. I'm like, well, if we were doing Crystal Skull, we would do Switchblade because <laughs> Mutt carries Mutt a Switchblade. Because, of course, he does. Yep. We wouldn't be doing that because it's a bad movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, no bad picks uh, in Patreon land. No bad picks in when these are movie milestones. Yeah, that like, too. That too. Unless we're like, this movie emotionally scarred me so bad, <laughs> you have to join me in that. That's right. It's a it's a like a Boy Scout troop. I don't know if it's the actual Boy Scouts or is it like no, it's the actual Boy Scouts. Yeah, they are the Boy Scouts. I wasn't sure if it was like we have to make it something else because it's the actual Boy Scouts. They were founded in 1910. So the flashback. Oh sure, sure. Starts in I totally know that yeah. they were there, oh, but sure. I'm just saying. Yeah, the yellow kerchief is the giveaway. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> of course, the overweight kid can't get off his horse ride. <laughs> And, of course, his name is Herman. Yeah, right? So we follow these two scout kids that go through these mines, even though they're told not to. And we see some people digging in a mine, and we see our titular hero. Yeah, the fedora. Indiana Jones, yeah. the fedora, the leather jacket. He's standing just like he is in the beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark, if you've watched that one. But he turns around. You're not Indiana Jones. It is not. We find out that... The non-Herman boy of the two Boy Scout kids is Indiana Jones, played by River Phoenix. Rest in peace. Yeah. River Phoenix. This opening is one of the most one of the most amazing like backstory. Like it's a mm-hmm. it's a perfect little vignette all by itself. If you've seen Raiders of the Lost Ark or Temple of Doom and you already know Indy, it's like beyond Easter egg, it's just pure delight. We see everything, right? Like snakes, it's just snakes, right? <laughs> the bullwhip, the the fedora, it belongs the scar in a museum. That Ford the scar, has. yeah. I mean, th- it is like right, literally from two minutes into this movie, I'm loving everything about this. Do you know who didn't watch Raiders of the Lost Ark and Temple of Doom in preparation for this film? That would be River Phoenix. What? He bases his version of Indiana Jones on real-life Harrison Ford. Okay. Okay. And, and at this works. point, yeah, at this point, he's not really like a... A, a curmudgeonly a, old yeah, stoner. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but I, I have to say that. I, I, I saw that in the notes. I was like, I read that before I watched the movie. I'm like, yeah, he's just, he's just being Harrison Ford. Okay. And it works perfectly. That's amazing. Do we know who that guy is? Who Fedora is? Yeah. I don't even think we never hear his name. I'm going through. It's Fedora. He's listed as Fedora. Is he really? In the credits. He's listed as Fedora, and the the guy that's funding them 
is Panama Hat. They don't actually have names. I love it. Oh, I love it. I looked him up. He he's been in a couple of things. Nothing. Okay, uh, like Richard Young. Just kind of a yeah. He's just kind of a working actor. Okay. He, uh, he's great. He, he does a really good job because he's also doing a Harrison Ford impersonation. Yeah, yeah. So they have just uncovered the cross of Coronado, and of course, like you said. Indy gets very upset about this. That cross is an important artifact. It belongs in a museum. Run back and find the others. Tell Mr. Havelock that there are men living in the caves. Have him bring the sheriff. Almost makes it out of there, but unfortunately he steps on some roofing and it makes a noise. Chase ensues. First it is, for, I love when he comes out of there. Mr. Havelock! Anybody! Everybody's lost but me. Right. <laughs> That's right. Hops on his horse. Most of the chases in this movie aren't like straight up, it's a car chase. It's a horse chase. It's a this. It's a, it's this thing and this sure. thing. It's horse versus car here. Later, it's tank versus horse. It's always. Yeah. Horse versus car and then train. Transition to train. And then it's a train chase. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. It, like This is the only time that it stays one thing. Sure. The train sequence is just wonderful. A nice little touch on the rhinoceros uh, puppet. Oh, is that? <laughs> he had tears coming out of his eyes. No kidding. Because he's sad because he's stuck in it. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Okay. Nice little, the circuses are evil. Mm-hmm. I got it. Okay. Probably if we went and looked. Some people at the end of this chase, you know, he, he gets the whip. He falls down into, well, first he falls down into a bunch of um, snake pits. Sure. That's what. The House of Reptiles. Yeah, and there's a giant, just the worst puppet snake of all time. Water cobra, I guess. I don't know. I don't know of a snake that does that, but sure. Uh, Pythons. Pythons in the Amazon. They live in the But it had a hood. No, it didn't. Uh, It was just a... Oh, I thought it was... Oh, okay. It did not have a hood. But it was almost like they got to the day of shooting, and Steven's like, all right, where's my snake puppet? And they went... Oh shit! Uh, It's one step above the guy in the green army sock for over his hand. I I mean, yep, sure. It's pretty bad. (laughs) Like it, and like that is probably the most negative thing I'm going to say about this movie. I I think that's fair. I think you're right. I think we found the low point right there. That puppet. Yep, the puppet snake. Yeah, and this is how we find out that he hates snakes. Right. Right. Which Mm -hmm. that's funny because you know five minutes earlier, Harold, uh, Harold. Harold was fr- Herman. Herman was freaking Herman. out because it was a snake. It's only a snake. <laughs> and of course, well, it, and of course, you know, you're like, well, wait, Indy hates snakes. Just wait, <laughs> it'll be apparent in a second. <laughs> Here's why: yeah. because it's not just one snake; it's easily over a hundred snakes in that thing. Probably, yeah, hundreds of snakes. It Blah. little garter snakes, but he, I mean, kudos to River Phoenix. Clearly, he's not bothered by snakes because he is. You know, covered in them and comes up out of them mm-hmm. and they're everywhere. <laughs> you know, I feel like this trilogy is so strong, we can even point to the Indiana Jones tropes. So every mm-hmm. movie has an animals gag, right? You know, the it's the the spiders, the insects at the in the temple in the first one, and then snakes in the well of souls. In the second one, it's the bugs, right? Strike that, reverse it. Well of souls is raiders. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. That's right. I'm misremembering. No, that's right. And then the then the it's when the 
the ceiling is going to crush Indy and short That's round. the insects in Temple of Doom. Uh, mm-hmm. We actually get two of them in this movie. So the first one explains Indy's fear of snakes, right, as, as yeah. he gets dunked. We'll save the, yeah. save the next one for later. But there's a trope. Yeah. Part of the chase, he's chasing away from Fedora's group, including... Uh, let's let's talk about two of the members of that group. One guy who is obviously doing a little bit of uh, stolen Native Americanism because that dude wearing the the hat and the long hair. I'm like, you're not even close. I mean, to be Native. Couldn't American. they have cast someone ethnic like Albert Molina? <laughs> He's already been in these movies. No, that's right. That's fair. <laughs> the other guy, the one that gets the cross out. I'm like, is he left over from some bad prospector movie? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> his wooing, I was like, you could, you could stop any time now. That's enough of that. <laughs> he's running, he's running, and he thinks he's gotten away. Fedora comes up the other way. Come on, kid. No way out of this. And then uh, Indy falls into one of the train, uh, one of the, what are they called? Like a boxcar. Thank you. One of the boxcars. And there's a big old lion in there, and that lion looks hungry. He sure does. What he can Indy do? Grabs the whip. First, First whip, he he cuts his chin, uh, which is a from a car accident when Harrison Ford was about twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, same that, as uh, that's the same way Mark Hamill gets the scar on his chin. After mm-hmm. the first Star Wars movie, he had a car yep. accident as well. Well, yep. his whole face was reconstructed after the first. Right, much, right, yeah. right. Yep. Uh, I thought you were going to say Miles Teller because Miles Teller. Oh, shit. was also yeah. in a car accident, and doesn't believe COVID was a thing. <laughs> Idiot. Okay, so gets away from the lion because they they lift him up and they're gonna take the the cross from him. You got hard, kid, but that belongs to me. Belongs to Coronado. Coronado's dead, and so are all of his grandchildren. This should be in a museum. He goes to hand it to the prospector guy, and uh, Deus Ex Machina snake comes out of his <laughs> um, his shirt and gets on the prospector guy, and he freaks out. Indy runs away again, goes into the magic box car. Yeah, the magic into, caboose. It's the last car. It's in the, the magic the caboose. They nowhere, get, yes. nowhere to run. Gets inside a magic box, and I love people that that scoff at this, going, "That wasn't. That's not realistic." I'm like, Nazis' faces are melted off in the yeah, first one. I know, right? There like, are three magic stones in the second one. If that's this the one, way you we view see this. a man rapidly age, but a magic box, it's probably just a trap door. That's where you're going to go. This is not realistic. Come on, Pete. It's an illusion, Michael. Come on. Tricks are something a whore does for money. Okay, kid. Out of the box. Now. Son He drops out the bottom of the caboose. He runs home, runs by an Alaskan Malamute, which is the actual dog. Not the actual dog. He died many yeah. years before that, but that George Reed. Lucas had a Alaskan Malamute named Indiana. That's the where we inspiration get the for Indiana. Chewbacca, right? Yes, he is the inspiration for Chewbacca, but also the name Indiana Jones. Because sure, originally sure, sure. he was going to be Montana Jones. <laughs> I'm so glad it wasn't, because that right? sounds stupid. Holy cow. Uh, uh, he, luckily, um, not not Harold, I keep saying, not Harold. Uh, Herman. Herman. Well, wait a minute, we're skipping one thing. Yeah. Oh, right. Person and his dad's <laughs> working. Dad. Uh, it's important. And wait. Count to 20. No, Dad, you listen. Junior! One, two, three, four. In Greek. Ena, Theo, Thria. 
but we only get the we we get the like the finger right. We don't yeah, probably see his father. because John Connery's like you're not putting any of that de aging shit on me. Yeah, that's right. That's right. The acting here is so great, right? Like him bursting in, and this is a big you know his father's unflappable. You know the the stop, the count to ten, then he starts. No, 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 in Latin, and his reaction is like. The world could be ending, but there's no changing his father's routines, right? Like, right. he just knows that's the way it is. To the point where Herman shows up, like you were saying. <laughs> in the in the back of a car. Doing the reverie and... Um, <laughs> Sounding the alarm. <laughs> the sheriff comes into the house. All these other strange people. Who never comes out of his study? His father. What the hell? Uh, on the closer rewatch, because again, no matter how many times we've seen this movie... You and I obviously know this, but you know you watch the movie through a different lens when you're yep. getting ready to deconstruct it. There's a scene, the scene on the Zeppelin. Indy and Henry are basically you know sharing their perspective on Indy's childhood, and it's right. obviously it's a mismatch. But Henry says, "Like, what are you complaining about? I gave you freedom and independence. I gave you space." You know, mm-hmm. Indy saw that as essentially neglect, right? His father didn't care care about him, but that makes perfect sense. Of course, his father wouldn't come out. That's Junior what? is is Junior's dealing, doing something, yeah, yeah, and he's dealing uh, with the consequences of whatever he did. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. At the end, Fedoric walks up to him and you lost today, kid. It doesn't mean you have to like it. Puts the fedora on him. We hear the Indiana Jones theme. And as the hat goes all the way down, it pops back up. We are now on a boat in the middle of a, a storm. And uh, there's... I, oh, go ahead. So uh, so the, the guy, that actor, uh, Fedora, um, uh-huh. the uh, Richard Young, you yeah. know, he doesn't do much. You, know, you don't know him for anything. But the way he delivers his last line as he gives Indy the hat, the fedora... You lost today, kid, but that doesn't mean you have to like it. It's very Indiana Jones. Right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Just chef's kiss. Yep. Head goes down, comes back up. It's now Harrison Ford. He smiles and then just gets sucker punched from the side. Uh, Out walks Panama hat, grabs the cross of Coronado out of his belt. Small world, Dr. Jones. Too small for two of us. 26 years later, and Indy yep. has finally recovered the cross, right? He lost it in 1912, but in 38, he got it back. Yep. Panama has like, This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. He goes... That belongs in a museum. So do you. For the longest time, I'm like, I don't get this. He's older than Indy. I'm like, oh, you're an archaeologist. You belong in a museum, not out here gallivanting. That's what he's saying. Oh, I took it as you should be dead and like an object that, you know, people look at. I always thought it was because he's gotten so old. And then I was like, well, but Panama hat's got to be at least 20 years older than Indy. Yeah. Yeah. It's not you're so an it's old not, man. It's, it's so do you. I know you're an archaeologist. Get the fuck off my boat. Okay. All right. And they, uh, you know, they uh, they yeet him off the boat, which is apparently not a bad place to be because, <laughs> oops, little uh, deck safety. Mm-hmm. The, the big old wave comes, knocks over a canister. It hits a lamp. What something? What makes it blow up? I can't remember what makes it blow up. But regardless, is it a generator or something? Or it's oh, uh, you're right. It's a generator. Yeah. yeah. Blows up. Ships going down. In case you were questioning whether or not Panama <laughs> had survived this. He had not. 
because his charred hat just goes floating by. Yeah, and it's not like, well, maybe the hat got knocked off his head. Like, the the front of the hat is blown out. Something went through that, and it had to go through his head to get through uh-huh. it. Yeah. And also the music goes... So, you know, bad, bad. So, uh, Indy is saved. A life, uh, a life preserver is in the water. He grabs it as it floats by. Did you see the name of the ship as it sinks? No, I don't think I, I've ever looked. I believe it's the Coronado. What a dork. <laughs> Guy's a dork. I, I, I think it's because there's definitely a shot. Vasquez de Coronado. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but you see a shot of like the, what is it, the forecastle? The, 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 uh, one of the, the, yeah. But there's a shot as it sinks, and you can clearly see Coronado. So the the Panama hat was super, super obsessed with (laughs) Coronado. Very obsessed. Very, very. Yeah. Uh, Indy's back where he belongs. It's not named in this movie. I'm trying to remember. Was it named in Raiders? Do we know what, where he teaches? What university university. it is? Yeah. Yeah. It is Indiana. Marshall College. Oh, for Frank Marshall. One of the executive producers. Sure, sure. That makes perfect sense. Uh, He's teaching a class. Um, He's straight up lying to his students. 70% of all archaeology is done in the library. Indy, we've we've seen you in one library so far in these... (laughs) I, I think that's do as I say, not as I do, right? I like, think it's also foreshadowing for one of the funniest scenes in this movie, the library scene. The library scene is pretty, uh, yeah, yep. And okay. he also he also straight up says, We do not follow maps to buried treasure, and X never, ever marks the spot. Yeah, that's right, that's right. It, he's right, X doesn't mark the spot. The Roman, Roman numeral, numeral 10. 10 totally marks the spot, yeah. So in walks during the, near the end of his lecture, Marcus, the wonderful Denholm, oh, I just forgot his last name. Elliot. Thank you. Who sadly passed shortly after this movie. Uh, oh. He succumbed to AIDS. Um, <gasps> oh, no. He got the diagnosis a couple months before they shot this film. So that's very sad. Holy shit. He had 162 actors credit. Uh, oh, yeah, he, credits he worked. He worked. MDB. Holy shit. Was He's he, great. British? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep, of course. Of course. Well, I mean, Lucas and Spielberg, right? Like, they, they I don't know what it was. I don't like, know if he was in anything. I don't know if, uh, besides the indie movies, I don't know if he popped up in any other uh, Spielberg. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm scrolling through here. I'm not. He's in The Razor's Edge, the movie I often talk about when I talk about. Uh, Comedic actors taking a serious turn with Bill Murray. Boof. Uh, yeah, that not doesn't seeing matter. a lot. Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't but, matter. Yeah. He's great in this. Uh, he's great in everything. Marcus Brody is. I mean, that's the thing. Like the world of Indiana Jones is so rich. These characters that are like in lesser films would be like set pieces mm-hmm. are just beautifully rich characters. I mean, look at Sala. Oh my God! Right. How much fun are these guys? Just well, the, the crazy amazing. thing is, if you go back and watch Raiders, A, yep. Marcus Brody is in very little of that movie. He's just there at the beginning to pretty much send sure. Indy on the quest. Yep. And he is not this bumbling idiot. I don't know where they came up with this. I love it, but I'm yeah. just like, I wonder if it was more. I, I wonder if it was. We need to be lighter. Or that, or I wonder if it was Denholm Elliott being like, uh, so I'm dying. 
Um, and I'd like to do something funny. Oh, well. Which, mission accomplished. You're hilarious in this film. Yeah. The misdirection when Indy's bluffing the Nazis that you'll never find Marcus. He's got a two-day head start. <laughs> he speaks a dozen languages. He knows all the locum customs. He's got friends in every you know training post. Oh, are you kidding? He got lost in his own museum once for, for two weeks? Is that what he said? <laughs> I don't know if it was for two weeks, but he got, I think it's just he got lost in he his own museum. He got lost in his own museum, yeah. Which just, is just sad enough, you know. Which immediately smash cuts to Marcus in, it's in Turkey. It's, is it, it's not Istanbul. No, no. But, I, uh, with him but, walking down a, walking, a bazaar. And, yeah. Right. Like and like, hello, hello. Does anyone understand anything I'm saying? It's just my favorite in there is someone tries to hand him water. He goes, No, no, thank you, madam. Fish pee in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. He gives Marcus the cross. I just love the juxtaposition of Indiana Jones to Dr. Jones. It is almost a Clark mm. Kent to Superman. Oh, that's pretty good. Because when yeah. he's when he's Dr. Jones, he is very, very different than when he is Indiana. Sure. Um, I still love, and it's it, it's in every single one of them. Indy's main costume, like when he's Indiana Jones, is the blaze, the, the leather jacket, bomber the jacket. bomber jacket, yep. fedora, khaki pants and shirt, and then a tie. Indy, why do you need a tie? Uh, he's always got. He, have he a, always has a tie does, at the beginning. He does, loses it by the end of the. Oh, okay. He loses it okay, pretty quickly, it. but pretty quickly. wonderful. Right. Like he's like putting it on. Like I don't know why I'm fucking doing this. I'm gonna lose this shit I, in a second. I feel like that's his, like, in his mind. And again, maybe that's the speech to the students. Like, maybe that's his ideal state. And it's every time he ends up in these ridiculous situations, like, well, I can explain. Like, uh, no, no, it's not where I belong. I belong belong teaching. I belong Mm -hmm. in a museum. It's just the the reluctant hero. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, 100%. Yep. Yeah, all his students are leaving. Thankfully, none of them have painted Love You on their um, eyelids, <laughs> like in and it, it, Temple. Is that in Temple? No, that's Raiders. That Raiders that's the, very, yeah, that's okay. the beginning, yeah. Um, that's awkward. You know what I like about this is that it's not just female students that are, like, essentially mobbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, right, they, it's, it's a mix. And I, I think that's done to crowd. fix the flirtatious college girl grossness of... Uh, <laughs> Raiders. That is worse as you think about Marion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Got it. Okay. That's fine. Oh, I forgot to say, uh, originally, um, Fedora was going to be Ravenhold, Marion's dad. Oh, really? What's his first name? Abner? Abner. Yeah, it was going to be Abner Ravenhold. This, that's how they were going to meet. Ravenhold? Ravencroft? Is that their... Mm-hmm. It's Raven something. Ra- Marion... Ravenwood. Ravenwood. Wood. Okay. I was... Listen. Yeah, yeah. You were close. You had Raven. You had Raven. Yeah. Abner, yeah, uh, who never never appears. appears. He's he only reference. He's just a reference yeah. character. Yeah, they they okay. toyed with the idea, but I think they also were like, well, people have started to figure out the age difference between. Yeah, you know, we, we won't show. We don't need it. to yeah. talk about yeah. that anymore. Irene, put everybody's name on a list. Order they arrive, and I'll see each and every one of them in turn. How about his office? It's literally the boiler room. I know. I think that's where, again, the juxtaposition. Like, he's off on these adventures. He's on a Mm. fucking boat that just exploded, and then he's in the boiler room. And he seems content to be there, too. Yes, that's the thing. Like, there's no air or pretentiousness about him. He's a doctor, and he doesn't doesn't care, right? Like, it's not about that. Yeah. Listen, he's a PhD. Come on. He's not an MD. 
Hi, um, uh, excuse me, I'm here to see my father. My name is Rachel Green. And I'm Dr. Ross Geller. Ross, please, this is a hospital, okay? That actually means something here. He sneaks out. He thinks he's scot-free because there's all these students. He just doesn't want to talk to any of them. He gets this mail package. He goes to sneak out the window, and he is stopped by two government men. Three. Excuse me, three government men. And they bring him to some fucking fancy party. I don't know what's going on here, but... Yeah. Uh, Walter Donovan's basically like, uh, you know, I I think he's an industrialist would be the term we would use in that era. Mm -hmm. Right. Like he owned shit and he was incredibly wealthy Mm -hmm. and he could probably have anything that money could buy. I wonder what he might want that he couldn't buy. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. So he shows Indy uh, a shield. Yes. A stone tablet. Stone tablet. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, that was spoilers for later in the film. Um, <laughs> Sorry. And half of it is broken off, so he can only read some of the text. Uh, but he definitely recognizes the cross of the Christian Crusades. Which kids, don't look up the history on that. It's pretty vile. Like most human history? <laughs> like yeah. most human history where one group of people try and change another group of people? Yeah, never goes well. At the end of a sword? Yep. Yeah. Ooh. He shows him that he's got the diary of one of the three brothers, this whole story that three brothers found the Holy Grail, uh, yep. went into the desert to hide it. One came out, died at a very... Two, two came out. Excuse me. Two, right. Two, they, they did recover two. One died and the other one wrote a book. Um, but it's never been found. Well, this guy yep. has it. Surprise, surprise. During all this, his wife comes in and tells him that he's ignoring his guests. And Todd, did you catch what plays on the piano when that happens? I did. I did not. Come on. Seriously? Oh, oh, I totally missed that. It's almost like that. it's some foreshadowing that oh. maybe we shouldn't trust Walter Donovan. That's awesome. That's awesome. Donovan he, wants him to go to Venice to meet up with this other expert. And by yeah. the way, he's like, oh, by the way, it's your father. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, and, and he's again, missing. We, he met, we mentioned in the prologue, or like in the lead up, right? This is all about the Holy Grail, right? Yes. So this is this is the quest to recover the Holy Grail. The Holy Grail was, in this gives you eternal life. Um, sure. If you drink and, from it. So, yeah. This, his, and Indy's father, Henry Sr., was a professor of medieval literature and his life's passion was the Crusades. Yeah. Grail, uh, no, specifically Grail oh, mythology. Yeah, Grail mythology. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. never heard, and I forgot that this was part of it. I only knew the Grail as the cup that caught the blood of Jesus on the cross. Oh, I didn't know the other part about it being what he served. The cup the he wa- used at the yeah, last. Yeah, I missed that part. I so, must have fallen asleep at that part in church. So it's referenced in the movie, and I, I think this makes sense. This is very specifically part of Arthurian legend uh, mythology, right? right? The Holy Grail, the Sangrail. Mm-hmm. Again, what I love about this is we see Indy's passion as he understands what this stone tablet is. Oh, yeah, he totally and, nerds out. Yeah, yeah, he one hundred percent nerds out. It's it just, but it's just so engaging to watch. And it, it, and he's like, you got the wrong Jones, Mister Donovan. Why don't you try my father? We already have. Your father is the man who's disappeared. Missing dad, hunt for the grail. We got an adventure. You son of a bitch. I'm in. Goes to his dad's house with... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Marcus, who... Thank you, Marcus. ...is an old friend of Henry Sr. Yeah, that's. I think that's how... I'm pretty sure that's how... Uh, yeah. Indy got the job. Indy ended up at the job. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And they've ransacked his house. He goes, uh, he's like, oh, they must have been looking for the diary. And they find that day's mail, which has been opened. It's today's mail. 
and it's been opened. That's it, Marcus. Venice, Italy. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. Wonder who it's from. Dad's I love the end of the scene where he's like, Call Donovan, Marcus. Tell him I'll take that ticket to Venice now. And uh, Marcus. I'll tell him we'll take two. <laughs> like, yeah, I get to go to Venice. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> he doesn't get it. Like, like, he's like, uh, like 60% excited about the Grail 40 that I'm going to Venice. The, one I of the most so. beautiful yeah. cities in the entire world. Yeah. You know, he has a job with some prestige within its sphere of influence, but he's not going on trips, <laughs> you know, foreign trips as part of the museum, right? No. He's an administrator. Yeah. And if this dumb dumb's going to pay for it, yeah, hell yeah. Exactly. So we're at the airfield. Uh, Donovan sees uh, Indy and Marcus off. Mm-hmm. Um, not before telling Indy to trust no one. Uh, I'll probably be important as the movie goes on. Yeah, I thought of Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. which you didn't watch, but Littlefinger warns Ned to trust no one in King's Landing. And when Littlefinger betrays him, he's like, I told you not to trust anyone. <gasps> bum, hmm. bum, bum. They stole it from uh, this movie. Sure. Uh, except I actually think Game of Thrones came out like right at the same time. The first movie might have been 89. Might have been 89. The first book, you mean? Yeah, or the first book. Yeah, yeah. These books are that old? Yes. Oh, shit. Uh, the first book, A Game of Thrones, comes out, oh, I'm sorry, seven years later, 96. So he totally still, stole it from Indiana uh, He totally could have stolen it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, well, except, you know, George R. R. Martin is also a fan of, like, the sources of the, you know, that right. inspired these movies. So. I don't know why you're defending this. This is just a joke. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I couldn't give uh, two shits about rape and dragons. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, you know, uh, a trope that video games totally steal oh, all yeah. the way back to Raiders is the concept of fast travel, right? Uh-huh. Like once you get your mount, you can just this is get on the mount cereals. and go to the map. Yeah. The, that's oh, is what, that, is that yeah, where it's from? That's an old serial thing where you see a map and it travels you. Yeah. Um, if it's not in the new one, I'm going to be pissed. What's, what's the fucking point of seeing it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, the reality is I'm not proud of this, but I'm going to see the new one. Of course. I just hope it's. You know good. why I'm also going to see the new one? It's because it's from the same dude who did Logan, so maybe we're getting somewhere sure, now. Sure, sure. James fair. Mangold's fantastic. So, yeah. Uh, no offense to obviously, I like Steven Spielberg. I mean, for fuck's did sake, Spielberg I'll, direct Crystal Skull or only produce it? He directed it. Wow. How? Boy. Okay. That nineteen forty two are probably his low points. <laughs> I was just thinking. I was just thinking. Boy, he doesn't have a lot of clunkers. That's about it. That's about it. Uh, you know, depending on who you are, the color purple might rub you the wrong way. Uh, if you're a misogynist who beats women, okay. Or if you just don't or, like seeing you that. Thought, you thought that uh, slavery was a good institution that we should, shouldn't have rushed to judgment on? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, was it? That, that, we went a little dark there. Yeah. Okay, got it. That's me. That's on me. Uh, Venice. They get to Florence, and we are introduced to the wonderful... Dr. Elsa Schneider. Look, she's a Bond girl, so automatically people are going to think she's a very good actor. She's fine, yeah. but the thing I really want to point out is her accent is fantastic, because she is... She's Austrian, okay, and she's trying to hide her Austrian accent because 
we're kind of at fucking war with them. It's really cool. It's a nice, subtle little touch that the actor does. It uh, only pops out a couple times. Does it? I, 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 I mean, the name is clearly, you know, German or Austrian, Elsa Schneider. She's Austrian, yeah. Because but, no, no, but I mean, like. This is how we say goodbye in Austria, and this is how we say goodbye in Germany. No, 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 no. But I mean, like, she wasn't trying to hide her background, you know. Before. No, I don't think she was trying to hide her background. I think she was just trying to lessen her accent. Got it. Okay, got it. Okay. Which I'm sure certain people in the in 1938 did. Got it. Okay. You know? Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Indy is instantly down to fuck. He is ready to go to the bone zone with uh, Elsa. He's it is in fucking insane. I knew it was you. You have your father's eyes. And my mother's ears. But the rest belongs to you. It almost puts the context of why all these female students are swooning over him. It's almost like if he's not paying attention or if he even leans into it the slightest bit, he's a, a you know, bond, right? You know, bond level well, look, of attraction. And, yeah. And Harrison Ford's not a bad-looking dude. Yeah. It's not like yeah, yeah, yeah. he's this ugly guy that's like, hey, you know. Mm-hmm. He's pretty much like, uh, do you have a vagina? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's get down to this. Um, you know, I think indicative of these movies, maybe Crystal Skull might be a departure, but the, certainly the trilogy, um, mm-hmm. boy, the pace of the movie is just perfect. And this movie isn't short. This is the shortest of the Indiana Jones movies. Oh, no, no it's the longest, the longest of the Indiana yeah, Jones like movies. 207, 206. 207, yeah. Um, it's the longest, but it feels the shortest. Yeah, because it moves so well. So he arrives in Venice, and as we're meeting Dr. Schneider, there is the flirtation. We very quickly get to the last place that she saw Indy's father, which was in the library as he was mm. you know, researching the location of the second night's tomb. Oh, the library scene. It's so good. This is one of those moments I remember seeing a the first time I saw it in the theater, but also seeing it at the landmark. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because of the clang. Right. You know, I almost feel like, uh, and I just lost it. Nope. I'm sure it'll come back okay. uh, in 10 minutes. It's totally fine. Okay. Well, if it does, we'll just put it there. It's fine. <laughs> That's right. He notices that the three stained glass windows have the numbers two, three, and 10. Yes. Th- and he sees the two and the three on either pillar, and they're like, where's the 10? Where's the because 10? Because in Indigo's- his father's journal, right, is... Yeah, it has a two, three, and a 10. Yep. Uh, Roman numerals, excuse me. That's very important. <laughs> it's not the Arabic two, three, and 10. This is clearly what inspired, and this is executed better than Dan Brown's The Da Vinci Code, right? Like, mm-hmm. the, the like the puzzles and the intricacy of this is just, it's complex enough to make it interesting without bogging down or becoming like a history lecture. Yeah, yeah. Dad wasn't looking for a book about the knight's tomb. He was looking for the tomb itself. Don't you get it? The tomb is somewhere in the library. You said yourself it used to be a church. Uh, Indy climbs the stairs, sees it. X marks the spot. They're like, how do we break into this giant X? <laughs> oh, I know. I'll take this uh, petition stand yeah. and uh, slam it into the um, into the ground because the library is closed while the poor librarian is trying to stamp in books that have been returned. <laughs> and every time he stamps it, it goes. And it's just, oh, God, it's so funny. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. It's so funny. Again, right, Spielberg, right? Like you get these little moments, you know, other other glimpses of the world that reinforce what's happening in the in the main action. It's it's perfectly timed. Yeah. So they uh, open up a hole down into some catacombs. 
Uh, Indy gives, but not the French catacombs, not the, yeah, Paris, not the catacombs. Paris catacombs. Uh, Indy gives the diary to Marcus, and Elsa and Indy make their way down into the uh, deep, into the catacombs. That uh, the liquid that's down there is what petroleum. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yep. Um, uh, so uh, as as Indy climbs down we get a shot out of the library well in the library but back a bit and there are what i'm going to call them right now evil fez guys because the music tells you they're evil sure and they're all wearing fezes not like not vilmer uh wilmer valderrama yes uh guys wearing fezes yes do you know why his name was fez Foreign exchange student yeah (laughs) yes i didn't realize that until a couple years ago someone pointed out i was like Oh, that's uh. funny. <laughs> so they're walking through the catacombs. There are rats everywhere. Wouldn't it be wonderful if you were here now to see this? <laughs> he never would have made it past the rats. He hates rats. He's scared to death of them. Uh, <laughs> they walk by, like I said at the beginning, the Ark of the Covenant. We get the motif from the Ark of the Covenant. What's this one? The Ark of the Covenant. Are you sure? Pretty sure. That's right. Yep, yep. So the Fez guys have knocked out Marcus, dragged his body away. They've followed down below. And as Indy and Elsa are examining a chamber that uh, that Indy broke into. Uh, oh, wait. The breaking into. So it's a solid wall when they get to it. And it is so fucking clear yeah. that it is breakaway bricks when yeah. that stunt double hits it. Yeah. But also, did you catch the stunt double totally clocks his head? No, did he? Oh, my God. Like, worse than a, the Stormtrooper in A New Hope. Like, oh no, this much. Here, look at me. Like, his temple is fully, oh. like, whacked into it. Oh. It's obviously, like, probably styrofoam or something. Yeah, yeah. Still hurt. You mentioned stunt guy. I always love the trivia section of IMDb is always a wealth of information. The first Mm -hmm. item under the trivia page there, as with other Indiana Jones movies, Harrison Ford did many of his own stunts. According to stuntman Vic Armstrong, he had to pull Ford to to one side and ask him to let him do, quote, or to let him, quote, do some work, end quote, because Ford was doing so much of the action himself. Armstrong later said if he wasn't such a great actor, he would have made a really great stuntman. Yeah, Paul Newman falls in that category, too. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, he did a lot of his own stunts, and stuntmen said the same thing. He goes, Paul hadn't been such a great actor, he would have been a really good stuntman. Interesting. Uh, Burt Reynolds, too, right? Yeah, Burt Reynolds Reynolds actually started as a stuntman. And what was that name again, the stuntman for this? Uh, Vic Armstrong. Is he not in... I can't think of the name of the movie that we did. Burt, I'm... He probably I was. He, I think he was. Let's see. as himself, as Vic Armstrong. Yeah, uh, the name sounds super familiar. Let's see. No, he was not. Okay, but he's got 123 credits. I mean, the guy. Good for him. Yeah, I mean, stunt coordinator. You know, he pr- very quickly progresses a stunt coordinator. You can tell this is Harrison Ford for a ton of this. Yeah. Yeah, like, he just—he's such a it's physical. It's really impressive. Yeah, he's such a physical performer. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. he made his living as a carpenter right before he hits it big as an actor. He's just a, a physical guy. Yep. Things to like about him. It's too bad that he really is a curmudgeon in real life. That's. that's I don't the, know if he is. I think he's a shy guy mm-hmm. that okay puts on an air of a curmudgeon because he doesn't know how to act otherwise. Okay, I think he's just a really shy man. Like I've, I remember reading a couple uh, probably. 15 years ago that a lot of his co-stars, his female co-stars came out and said he was the worst screen kiss of all time. Really? Because he's so nervous. Like, Oh, that's so like, oh, funny. Right. 
you know who he looked the most comfortable kissing was uh, Carrie Fisher. Now we know why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, we sure do. <laughs> he was on uh, Chris Hardwood's podcast. Okay, and literally every you know, Chris tried to go get him to go in all these different directions, and Harrison would just be like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Th- thanks for showing up. Yeah, right. Yeah, and at the end, like I, he said, Chris has said that, like after he hit uh, stop on the recorder, he's like, "Oh well, okay, uh, thanks." He goes, "Hey man, I just felt like fucking with you." <gasps> see, see, I think he's a dick. I think he's a dick in real life. I don't know. Yeah, right. Yeah. He's a love. I think he's a lovable dick. Mm, I think we love his the air the characters he has portrayed. Move it along, guys. One other thing to point out that kind of goes with stunts. All 2,000 live rats that were used in the scene all had to be specially trained to swim and climb the right way and not hurt the actors. Oh, I I thought you were going different directions. I saw a reference that all 2,000 of the rats had to be bred because if they basically got wild rats... Yeah. Right. Yes. They are all in the same. That's also part of they it. They had yes. to be bred so that because otherwise wild rats would have had disease. Um, but I don't know. I I'm skeptical of that. That they train two thousand rats. Mm. I'll just I, maybe j- I read, no. maybe I read it wrong. Okay. Maybe I read it too quickly. Okay. The shield is the second marker. They get by the rats. They find the tomb. He does. He does a, a crayon. Um, what the hell is that called? A rubbing. Rubbing. Thank yeah. you. Uh, well, he's going to do a different kind of rubbing in a little bit. <laughs> As he's like all excited about it, we cut back to the evil Fez guys, and that guy lights a match, sets the petroleum on fire. Indy very smartly takes the top of the tomb. They create an air bubble underneath it for them. Yep. And then Indy dives in the water and finds an exit. And my question is, if this is pure petroleum, how the fuck is Indiana Jones seeing? Uh, so it's not pure petroleum. Petroleum is oh, right, coming up. Whole- Coming up through but, the... Right, and it separates. Yeah, but it still, floats on. He's going to get some in his eyes. It, well, the, my thought actually was when when he drops down, that water is lighted and crystal clear. The reality that is too. you would not see, you know, you wouldn't see an inch. Petroleum on top of water, that layer of oil would not have burned. But again, well, if you're looking for belief, you're not going to Well, hang burn. on. His, the lighted... Could just be the giant fire that's happening above him. Okay, that's possible. Sure. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, it's lit in a very different it, way. It's it, lit from underneath. But the water <laughs> itself is also incredibly clear. Incredibly yeah, clear. Rat, rats pooped in that. Yeah, everything pooped <laughs> in that, yeah. 2,000 rats pooped yeah, in Venice that. Venice is basically, you know, is a on a marsh, right? Like, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I want, does Venice smell? Uh, I think it does. I think it does. It's a little stinky. I, I, my understanding is it is. I mean, that, that's one of the you know, if you if you want to be pedantic about this movie, there are no crypts under Venice because there is not, uh, you, you know, they would be flooded. There is not a, a strata of rock like that. Right, and isn't Venice still sinking, or did they fix that? Uh, I, I, I think they've taken steps. I think they've like placed piers and stuff. Actually, we see that in Quantum of Solace. Bond movie where right. they're like they're working on a house and they're like they're like driving um, piles yeah, I, in to support I've, the weight. Completely yeah. data dumped Quantum of Solace. There's it's, no reason for that movie. That's a complex plot right there. Yep. It could have been 20 minutes at the end of Casino Royale, and I would have been like, okay, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. They went way too far. Ah, yes. They come up out of the water in the middle of a cafe. And I'm so sad. Not one extra pulled a uh, Matt Damon in Ocean's Eleven. 
Oh, so the scene where Don Cheadle goes into the sewer. Yep. When he comes back and he's telling them all, none of them talk to each other, obviously, because this happened. But Matt Damon's like, oh, I would figure he would smell real bad. So while the rest of them are just like, stand there, he's going, yeah. <laughs> and, and leaning away from the smell. And I'm like, he's the only one. Linus is the only one who's bothered by this. That's awesome. <laughs> but nobody does. They're all just like, nah, strange people coming out of the non-existent catacombs of uh, Venice yeah, up through the sewers. Yeah. Uh, a boat chase ensues. This is a really great set piece. Yeah. This is where Elsa's accent comes out. Okay. When the two boats are being pushed together by the tugboats. Are you crazy? Don't go between them. Go between them. Are you crazy? And you're just like, Oh, she's okay. Yep. You actually called the first trope. I talked about the, the animal gags, it, the, you know, the chase the chases as a motif. It's clearly an Indiana Jones trope. You called so it first. So many chases. Uh, yeah. Here we get the boat one, um, and then we get you know another trope, which is there's danger. There's an environmental danger happening. In this case, the the last one of these Fez guys is uh-huh. fighting with Indy on a wrecked boat, which is slowly moving towards the massive prop of a huge ship. Um, and as they're wrestling, as the ship's getting closer, this idea of this physical conflict as some environmental factor is becoming increasingly more dangerous. Indy thinks that this guy has kidnapped his father. Yep. If you don't let go, Dr. Jones will both die. Then we'll die. My soul is prepared. How's yours? And I just want to say that he could probably have just like Sucker punched Indiana and jumped up, and his testicles would have worked as a flotation device. <laughs> yeah, the balls on this guy—that was amazing. Yeah. We, then we get a, a cool little bit of you know fictional history, right? So the Brotherhood of the Cruciform Sword has protected the secrets of the Grail for seven hundred years. I love the switch. The character's name is Kazim. He's played mm-hmm. by this wonderful actor Kavork Malakian, who's a British actor of Armenian descent. Born okay. in DR Bakir, which I assume is Armenia, um, or maybe that's in Turkey. But uh, he's he's got ninety five film credits. Many of them appear to be uh, foreign films, not all. Um, but he's wonderful. I, the air that he exudes, right? Like the persona. Yep. He, he has it's this so like great. nobility and gravitas. Once he's realized that Indy is not seeking the Grail for glory or gain, it's almost like, mm-hmm. oh, you're not a threat. I, yeah, you know. And the difference in what, how he did we just become best friends? I think we I did. think we did. Uh, so before he reveals the chest, his chest with the cross on it. Yep. If you look, it looks like Indy has just opened it up to reveal the chest, and Indy's take of who are you is much angrier than when it comes back. And it just seems like maybe there's some reshoot happening in there. Oh, interesting. I, I, didn't, I didn't find pick anything. Up on that, I yeah. mean, the scenes that are the most obviously reshot are the scenes with Sean Connery because his beard length changes. Oh, does it? From my length to your length. Oh. Back to my length. Back to your length. <laughs> At one point, it looks like he hasn't trimmed his beard in like four months. I'm just like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> Literally, there's a person whose job this is. That's right. That's right. That's that right. Is also, maybe Sean Connery had like trimmed his beard like Al Guinness style mm-hmm. and was just like, I'm, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They let Kazim off um, and he basically gives some kind of cryptic warnings. Why do you seek the cup of Christ? Is it for his glory or for yours? I didn't come for the cup of Christ. I came to find my father. 
In that case, God be with you in your quest. Your father is being held in the castle of Brunwald on the Austrian-German border. Back at Elsa's apartment, Indy and Marcus are reviewing the journal for clues. They've realized that his father had put together essentially all of the end of a map leading to this Valley of the Crescent mm-hmm. Moon, which houses the Temple of the Sun, which is the resting place of the Grail. Going backwards, he had everything but where the map would start. And now they do. Indy and Marcus have pieced together Alexandretta, little Alexandria. Uh, Alexandretta would be the starting place for this. And with this information, now they have a complete map. Mm-hmm. Indy goes to tell Elsa. And she's cleaning up, and he sees that her room has been ransacked as well. That both rooms Um, have been ransacked. Elsa is playing very loud music in the bathroom for some reason. Yep. Doesn't seem at all fishy. No, not at all. How about the, I mean, it's just delightful. The awkward kissing. Yeah, it's so funny. We're caught in the middle of something sinister here. My guess is Dad found out more than he was looking for. And until I'm sure... I'm going to continue to do things the way I think they should be done. How dare you kiss me? Leave me alone. I don't like fast women. And I hate arrogant men. The back and forth is delightful. So, And it is uh, punctured by people being brought down the canal in a gondolier, and he's singing a song, and he pops his head up and goes, oh, <laughs> and she pulls him back down. Yeah, it's it's great. So they go to the castle Hindelbrod, or Hindel, what is it? Br- Brunvold. Br- Brunden, Kofingenschlager. Br- Brunvold, yeah. <laughs> Indy just straight up bluffs. Just a moment for time. Do you intend to leave us standing on the doorstep all day with French? <laughs> now look, that gun and caught a sniffle. Are you expected? And it works. Are here to view the tapestries. Tapestries? Dear me, the man is dense. This is a castle, isn't it? There are tapestries. Ish. This is a castle. And we have many tapestries. And if you are a Scottish lord, then I am Mickey Mouse. How dare he? Knocks him out, and uh, a gif I have used often with uh, January 6th insurgents, Indy finds that in this castle there are fucking Nazis, and he looks up at Elsa and says, Nazis. I hate these guys. (laughs) That's right. That's right. They search the castle. They find Henry Sr.'s room. This one, I think he's in here. How do you know? It's wired. He opens the next room. He whips across and uh, onto one other part of the castle, then comes back, crashes through the window. Then we get this shadowy figure lifting something over its head, and it smacks Indy in the back of the head. He falls <laughs> to the ground in pops. Junior. Sean Connery. And the payoff here, there's not a moment where the two of them are together, even when there's no lines. Like, the end of the motorcycle chase... When Indy is so proud of himself and Father is just so disapproving, there's not a moment between the two of them that is not delightful. It's like his dad's like, my God, I raged a savage. Yes. Like, yes. He would never resort to any of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just love, he says, Junior, and 
indie pop right up. Yes, sir. <laughs> He's just gotten <laughs> smacked right. in the head. He's like, Dad, yep. Dad called me. Whoops. Hello. But again, the reaction bursting into his study as a young boy, chased by these Tomb Raiders. Mm-hmm. The second he stops, you know, at his father's command, it, it's just right back there. Right. He's still a kid uh, next to his father. So all this commotion has uh, got the Nazis on them. They come in. Dr. Jones. Yes. yes. They're arguing back and forth. You have the diary in your pocket. <laughs> you don't. Do you think my son would be that stupid that he would bring my diary all the way back here? <laughs> you didn't, did you? Harrison's face of. You didn't bring it, did you? Well, uh, you did. Look, can we discuss this later? I should have mailed it to the Marx brother. Will you take it easy? Which there's a story, and I can't remember what it is, but Groucho Marx snuck some journal out of someplace. That's where that that's referencing an actual historical no thing. Kidding. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I can't remember what it is though. Um and you know, they're bickering back and forth, and Indiana I told you punches the Nazi. Grabs his gun, takes up the rest of the goose steppers. Don't call me Junior. <laughs> and of course, this is a new experience for Henry. He belongs in the classroom. Yeah, this, this is not his world. Look what you did! Well, so he's never seen his son kill anyone. I can't believe what you did! So they make their way through the castle. They find Elsa being held hostage by a Nazi officer, Vogel, mm. you referenced earlier. Henry is like... Put down the gun or the Fraulein dies. But she's one of them. Henry, please... Nazi. What? Trust me. And they know. I will kill her. Huh? Go ahead. No! Don't shoot! Don't worry, he won't. Big reveal. Of course, she is a Nazi working with Vogel. And how does he know this? She talks in her sleep. Only one of them understands the implications of this at this point. Mm-hmm. And Indy's face is just it's delightful. Like, oh god, I'm Eskimo brothers with my father. Um, I love the acting that uh Elsa does. Enough she dies! <laughs> Wait! Wait. Indy drops the gun. Vogel pushes her towards him. Says, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, and he's like, no, it's okay. Don't be. You see, like, her her drop the facade. Mm -hmm. And, again, no line there for her, but what you see is like, oh, fuck. Well, there is a line at the end. But you should have listened to your father. (laughs) You're like, ah, you bitch. Yes, 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 yes. They get tied up. Uh, Vogel wants to kill them, but... Um, uh, oh, there are pages torn out of the diary. The map itself is not in the diary. Right. During all this, before they're tied up, they enter a room, and they're talking, and there's this uh, figure in a chair. We can't see who it is. They didn't trust him. Why did you? And he says... Because he didn't take my advice. Stands up. Donovan. Fucking Donovan. Yeah. yeah. The rich industrialist was a bad guy. Who'd have thunk it? Yeah. Who could have possibly seen this coming? Yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They get tied up. This is where Indy bluffs. Brody's got friends in every town and village from here to the Sudan. He speaks a dozen languages, knows every local custom. He'll blend in, disappear. You'll never see him again. With any luck, he's got the grail already. Smash cut. Yeah. Marcus is lost in some bizarre uh, um, 
kudos to that one chicken seller who just keeps walking right in front of him. He's like, chicken, chicken, yeah. chicken. <laughs> he keeps being like, no, no, thank you. I don't. Yeah. I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> yeah. 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 Meets up with our old friend Sala. Not Brian Blessed. Not Brian Blessed. The the amazing John Reese davies Which made me look up. I thought John Reese davies was taller than he is. Oh, I don't. He's 6'1". Yeah, I don't think so. Oh, is he yeah, because I remember there was such a hard time for him. I guess maybe he was the tallest of the Lord of the Rings cast. Got it, got it. And he's playing the smallest character. Uh, because next to uh, Marcus, they're about the same size. But Marcus is, uh, the actor is um, 5'11". So got it. Okay. Two inches. You can fix that with a with an easy lift. Sure, sure, sure. And also the way that John Reese davies carries himself as Sala. He's kind of yeah, like spreading his legs a little. They are very quickly met by... The director of the Museum of Antiquities has sent a car for you. Definitely not a Nazi. No, agents of the museum director who would uh, have extended an Dressed invitation in to black. Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> the one Nazi turns around and does what all Nazis love to ask. <laughs> Papers. Yep. Papers. Of course. <laughs> Run. Yes. Papers. Yes. Got it here. <laughs> Just finished reading it myself. <laughs> Run. Uh, yes. Yeah. Egyptian mail. Morning edition. Uh, uh, Run. Did you say... Uh, Punches the guy through the newspaper. <laughs> yes. They start running. They run up into like a bizarre hut. Yep. Uh, well, Marcus does. And like, Sala gets ready to like punch some Nazis. And honestly, I wouldn't take on John Reese davies That dude's big. Yeah. yeah like yeah. he's 6'1", but he, he's... He's stocky. Mm-hmm. As that happens, all the front facade of the bizarre hut leaves. It's actually a truck, and the back gets flipped up. And oh no, it's got the Nazi symbol on it. I love his reaction. He's like, "Oh, son of a bitch!" Right? Like you know, lost Marcus. Lost Marcus. Back with the Joneses. They're tied up in a castle. Elsa has pointed out that they shouldn't kill the Joneses in case uh, they can't recover Marcus. They'll they'll need them. They need them. Uh, yep. But they do. The Bond trope of leaving them alone and unguarded. Well, they're Nazis. They're not the smartest. Yeah. Um, Henry gets a lighter out of Indy's pocket. Oh, wait. We can't skip the Austrian and German goodbye. Oh, sure, 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 sure. Yeah, Elsa leans in to Indy and is like, I can't forget how wonderful it was. And Henry Sr. goes, thank you. Was rather wonderful. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And she gives Indy a very passionate kiss. Yep. That's how Austrians say goodbye. Walks away. Vogel walks in. This is how we say goodbye in Germany, Dr. Jones. And fucking backhands him, and the backhand makes him hit. <laughs> His father's head. Henry yeah. Sr. in the head. I like the Austrian way better. So did I. So yeah, after they're left alone. Yep. Uh, uh, it, uh, how cool is this Zippo lighter that he has? That's a very cool design yeah, on that. It's like a shamrock. My lucky charm. For some reason, stuck out more to me in this watch than any other watch. I'm like, oh, shit, I would own that. I don't know that we saw the shamrock on it before. Yeah, there's a nice shot of it when he first puts it in his hand. It's upside down. No, no, but... no. I mean, before this scene. No, we've ne- oh. we never seen it in any of the rest oh, of the movies. Okay, yeah, yeah. But it's just a cool prop. It's oh, a yes. very cool looking lighter. Yeah, yeah. Um, Zippos are just cool. They just have a, a coolness to them, right? I only have one. My brother in law got it for me. It's oh, uh, nice. it's from a comic book series that they did, and it's a giant question mark. Oh, very like cool. a Riddler question mark. I thought it. You no, know, it's cool. I thought you were going to uh, the preacher, the fuck communism. <laughs> I don't think my Christian. <laughs> 
<laughs> brother-in-law would have anything that says fuck. Okay, that's fair. Henry pulls the lighter out of Indy's pocket. He's able to light it, but ouch, burns himself. The lighter drops to the ground, and... This is the beginning of... I gotta tell you something. Don't get sentimental now, Dad. Save it till we get out of here. The floor's on fire. Henry Sr. fucks it up for both of them. <laughs> yes, yes. Happens a couple of times in this film. And delightful every time it happens. Uh-huh. As the lighter falls, he tries to grab it with his foot. He accidentally kicks it out of range. Right. He starts blowing on it. <sighs> I mean, this dude's a fucking archaeologist. He should know all this shit's real old and it's going to no, burn real no, quick. No, no, He's not an archaeologist. He's a... He's a professor of medieval literature. He still should know that this shit is old. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it goes up quick, and it is all real fire. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is impressive that they got both of them to be in there. Yeah. They make their way over to the fireplace. There's a whole gag with a... Dad! Oh, Dad! Oh, Dad! Oh, head for the fireplace! Oh. A revolving fireplace that spins from this room where they're alone into one of the Nazi war rooms. It spins a couple times. The uh, Fraulein uh, t- sees them. They awkwardly smile. She awkwardly smiles and alarms. Um, they make their way out. They send a boat down the launch to kind of be a decoy. While the Nazis are looking one way, they get into a motorcycle with a sidecar and they take off. And now we've got the Jones boys being chased by the Hydra motorcyclists from Captain America, the first Avenger. Yeah, that's like a, a standard issue uh, look for Nazi motorcyclists. Yes, very distinctive. A genius thing with setting off the boat. Yeah, it really was. Except and, they should have, like, they didn't... Al- seen that no one was in there? <laughs> yeah, because you can actually see the, the boat is right there. Like, the boat is just, a you know, 10 or 20 yards away. I would like to point out again... These are Nazis, you know, fucking idiots. So they're not that smart? Okay. So the chase is delightful. Um, so you know, good. Indy manages to foil the other motorcyclists in a variety of ways. They go flying. They, you know, at one point he basically jousts, jousts the one. And, and yeah. that's the one because of the medieval uh, studies. That's the one Henry's the most proud of. If yeah. you look at her, if you look at Sean Connery, yeah. when Harrison puts it up like this to joust, he looks yep. and goes, that's my boy. Yeah. Like he just got this great look of, all right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a few moments later, it, he gets the opposite. And I don't understand, at the end of that, when the last motorcyclist is defeated and they're, they basically have a, you know, a, a free escape, Henry just looks kind of disapproving. I think it's he's disapproving of Indy's excitement about got it. it. Like, like be like, a little more composed? Yeah. Got it. Okay. Keep your composure. Fair. Yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> They find a really interesting crossroad yes. <laughs> that will either take them to Berlin, mm-hmm. where the the book is, or to Venice. And I'm just like, are there signs like this? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not, I've never been to Europe, but are there just signs that just point to Berlin or Venice? Or Venice. Yeah, yeah. In Austria, right? Because they're in Austria. In Austria, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, wait, what is... The is castle Austria... was on the border of Austria and Germany, but it was... Right. In Austria, yeah. Is Austria in between Italy and Germany? Mm, no. Hey, international listeners, like a, we are Americans. We never learned this shit. I mean, it's more like a triangle. You've got Germany up here, and then Austria over here, and Italy down here. Venice actually is close to Austria. Actually, I guess... Wait, uh, uh, Todd. Okay, yeah. I see Germany, Czech Republic, Switzerland, Austria, and then Italy. There, it, Austria is literally between Germany and Italy. It's 
part of Italy and the part where Venice is. Yes. So this makes sense. It makes perfect sense. So glad we wasted our time on that one. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Indy, in a moment of frustration during all this. Indy and Henry think they should be going in, up in different directions, mm-hmm. right? This is this conflict. Yep. Indy, of course, wants to go after Marcus, meaning go towards Venice. Mm-hmm. Henry wants to go to Berlin to recover the diary. Right. And, and Indy says, Two selfless martyrs. Jesus Christ. He gets slapped. And it's okay, because when you slap a person with an open hand, not a closed fist, it's not as bad. <laughs> oh. Right, Mr. Connery from Beyond? Well, that's, right? Isn't yeah, that what sure. you said one time? That's what he said, sure. Oh, for fuck's sake. That's the blasphemy. You know, what a tonal shift. Like, the second that happens, and this is where, you know, for whatever kind of a flawed human being Sean Connery was, which he clearly was, <laughs> his ability to kind of bring the gravitas when you need it on film, mm-hmm. he, you know, he has this, uh, you know, rally speech. The quest for the grail is not archaeology. It's a race against evil. If it is captured by the Nazis... The armies of darkness will march all over the face of the earth. It's Braveheart-esque, right? It's pretty good. It's a pretty good speech. Oh, you're just going to bring up another problematic actor? Okay. Well, you know, listen. (laughs) (laughs) So they end up going to Berlin. Shocker. Yep. (laughs) Two little fun things about this scene. Mm -hmm. Most of the costumes in this scene are not costumes. They're actual SS soldier uniforms. Yikes. Gross. I saw a trivia note. Oh, is this about when they're doing the Nazi salute? Yes. He makes them cross their fingers. (laughs) Yeah. Because that's illegal in Germany. Um, It's illegal. But they're not filming in in Germany. They're on a soundstage. Uh, I I think it's because Steven Spielberg, a Jew, wanted wanted to make sure that, yeah, I think that's that's great that Spielberg made them all do it. You know what I want to add here? Yeah. It should be illegal everywhere. (laughs) Right. Um, they've tracked down Elsa. He manages to basically corner her in a spot where no one can see. He gets the diary back. The venom he spits at her. I believe in the Grail, not the swastika. You stood up to be countered with the enemy of everything that the Grail stands for. Who gives a damn what you think? You do! There were tons of people who did this. Sure. Tons of people who were like, I don't believe Hitler. I think he's crazy. But I I need this thing. And history and, judged them the same way. I'm like, well, you could have waited. <laughs> And what Spielberg does very effortlessly, right, moving between heavy moments to light moments, as Indy is making his his way out, turns around and literally bumps into Adolf Hitler. Mm -hmm. The diary in his hand, almost like thrust forward, Hitler takes it, opens it, puts his hand out for a pencil, and scrawls Adolf Hitler across the map. And Indy, only... Indy's like, okay, I'm pretending to be a Nazi. He like he pulls like his military composure together. It's yeah. it's a delightful scene. Adolf hands him back the diary, walks away. The the one small problem with this, yeah, Adolf Hitler was left handed. Oh, and the guy signs with his right. Damn, deep cut, Casey. Holy shit, yeah. nice. Because left handed people are evil. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I heard now a, a comedian who is a little bit polarizing. Fully admit, I don't enjoy everything he does, but he is a smart comedian. Uh, Anthony Jeselnik. Oh yeah, yeah, he's fine. Has a has a funny bit about you know what a rotten person Adolf Hitler was. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, I read I read his book Mein Kampf. No dedication in it. Right? 
it's like, yeah. That's uh, that's up yeah. there with Kamal's old joke about you know you know being a um, a Pakistani. You know, a lot of people ask me what how my my feeling about um, 9-11. And I say, yeah, we lost twelve really good guys that day. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's funny. He's funny. It's funny. It's terrible, but it's funny. <laughs> It's funny. It's the last, you know, Bert Kreischer said it, described it one time really well. You know, the punchline has got to be the last thing you would think someone would say, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's the misdirection. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that joke is in um, Love. Uh, is it in The Big yeah. Sick? Yeah. Is he it makes really? it to, his, to I mean, her dad. Oh, right, 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 right. But it's an old <laughs> stand up bit of his. I think, she, I think yeah, yeah. because doesn't he say, give me some of your stand up? I can't remember. Probably. I need to rewatch yeah, that yeah. movie. That movie was great. It is a good movie. What did you get? I don't know. First available flight out of Germany. Indy and Henry are going to make their way out of Germany on a Zeppelin. Uh, yes. Close call with Vogel, who's personally searching every train station, bus station, shipyard, Zeppelin landing. Very close call. He finds Henry he, and is about to arrest him and probably kill him. And Indy walks up wearing a Mater D. Uh, what he no, he's like, he's like the... Uh, Ticket taker. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's asking for tickets. Yeah. So that what is that? The and uh, conductor he punches him out the the window. Then everyone looks at him and he says, "No ticket." And they all hold it up. It's very <laughs> funny. Uh, equally funny in the scene where behind the scenes, the scene where they're sitting there talking. You know, you're never there for me. We yeah. never talk. Well, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> I can't think of anything now. Then what, then what are you complaining, complaining for? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That whole thing. It is uh, so hot on that set that Harrison Ford and Sean Connery were not wearing pants. I love it. I love it. That's <laughs> the great. next time you watch that scene, be like. <laughs> <laughs> guys were in your underwear. That's great. That's great. During this, we get some very important information. We find out the three challenges. First, the breath of God. Only the penitent man will pass. Second, the word of God. Only in the footsteps of God will he proceed. Third, the path of God. Only in the leap from the lion's head will he prove his worth. I was, I was explaining this to uh, Carissa, and, you know, Grail and, and then those, and she's like, a lot of God in that movie. I'm like, it's called The Last Crusade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's going to be about God. Yep, absolutely. Indy recognizes as the shadows on the table move that the Zeppelin is turned around. They're going back to Germany. Uh-oh. And a line I never caught. When they're going down yes. to get into the airplane, he says, Well, I thought it would take him a lot longer to figure out the radio was dead. I'm wondering if that was added. Um, I don't remember that line at all. i got to find my VHS of this. Yeah. And, See if it's on there. Yeah. I, yeah. Good question. Good question. Uh, we earlier saw when the Zeppelin takes off. I don't know why this would be a thing, but there's a biplane attached to the bottom of the Zeppelin. It's not like a lifeboat. There's room for two people in it, you know, but there was a biplane there. They're at war in case they get attacked. It's to protect them. That's the only thing I can yeah, think of. Yeah, that's true. There is a machine gun on it. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think of. Sure. Commander, where are we? We seem to be stuck in an alternate dimension. And you're no longer a captain, you're a commander. Commander. Dear God, are you a lieutenant? And why are you talking like that? Oh no, I don't I don't know why I'm talking like that. But no, I seem uh, to have no rank! Only the title of Doctor? I don't think there are admirals either. Captain! I mean Commander, I mean. Look, Casey, we are getting a message. It seems we have been tasked with reviewing a historical document entitled 
Galaxy Quest? Then there's no moment to spare. Engage! I, I, I don't think um, Night Shift Radio Legal has cleared usage of engage, so you might want to just oh. dial that back there. All right. Well, then, I guess it's up to us to say, join us over on the Where No Mom Has Gone Before podcast as we review 1999's Galaxy Quest. Never give up. Never surrender. Mom! Combat, exploration, and roleplay. These are known as the three pillars of play that make every game of Dungeons & Dragons exciting, tense, and rewarding. But we believe there's another pillar to the world's greatest roleplaying game, and that fourth pillar is creation. Are you a dungeon master who has always wanted to create your own monsters, execute your own adventures, design your own challenges, spells, classes, and lineages? That is what we here at the fourth pillar of play, a Night Shift radio production, are doing. Learning game design by designing games. We are not professionals. We are enthusiastic amateurs, just like many of you. So join us as we review and discuss information by professional game designers and put theory into practice by creating new worlds, new monsters, and new opportunities for heroic players. I'm Josh. And I'm Talon. Join us at the fourth pillar of play, available wherever you download your podcasts or visit us at www.fourthpillarofplay.com. And we look forward to creating with you. So now we have uh, a plane chase. Yes. We have a dog fight. Yep. Uh, but it does not last very long because <laughs> Henry Sr., as he's trying to shoot down one of the planes that are trying to shoot them down, he takes out the rudder. Yes. Sean, I'm sorry. They got us. They crash. Now it is a car plane chase. Mm-hmm. One of the planes tries to go through the tunnel after the Joneses. It, uh, unfortunately, is uh, smushity-smushed. Uh, yep. <laughs> the one part where the guy drives by them and looks at them like, hey, I'm supposed <laughs> to catch you guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he explodes. Yep. The only good Nazi is a crispy Nazi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other plane, they're like, oh, we're, we're home free. And the other plane drops a bomb. <laughs> yeah. Like a small munitions bomb, but still a bomb. It crashes. They run. Down to the beach, Indy announces that he's coming back around. They have no place to hide. Henry has the amazing idea to pull out his um, umbrella and <laughs> at seagulls. These seagulls are very patriotic. They serve their country to take out a Nazi. So remember how we talked about that in Die Hard, a wonderful Bruce Willis movie that happens to take place at Christmas time. Uh, there is an iconic line um, that uh, Hans Gruber, you know, is said to quote Alexander, and he wept when he realized it's from no, that movie. Right? It's not. That's not an actual historical quote. So Henry says, "I remembered my Charlemagne. Let my armies be the rocks and the trees and the birds in the sky." Mm-hmm. Also, apparently, never said by Charlemagne. Yep. Another. Gosh, it's almost like screenwriters in the '80s were so high on coke they didn't give a shit what they put down on paper. That's so funny. That's so funny. Yeah, uh, we can fast forward a little bit. Yeah, sure. Let's go to the tank chase. Oh, so yes, they've got Brody and Henry Senior in a tank. Now we now have a horse tank chase. Yep. <laughs> um, as they're as they're going along, um, oh well. First, uh, 
Sala's brother-in-law's car is blown up, so right. that will be important later. Uh, I want to point out one of the, what are the Crusaders, what are their names? The Swords of the... Brotherhood of the Cruciform Sword. Okay. One of them, when he falls, did you catch what noise he made? Yes, the Wilhelm scream. Yay! I heard that. I was like, oh, there it is, the Wilhelm scream. There it is. You're, you're, once you hear it once, you go, oh, it's in everything. It's in everything. Indy and Sala split up. I'm going after those horses. I take the camels. I don't need camels. But Indy. No camels. Chaos ensues. Chase ensues. I think one of the most prophetic lines in this entire movie is when Vogel is interrogating Henry Sr. What does the diary tell you that it doesn't tell us? And he stops him. First of all, he stops the Nazi. Like, yeah. they could shoot you right now. They're Nazis. And he says, Tells me that goose-stepping morons like yourself should try reading books instead of burning them. Still uh, words to live by. Uh, if you live in a state uh, banning books, you should uh, reconsider your historical precedents. Banning a book is just one step away from burning it. Yeah, I agree. I love when Indy kills the three Nazis with the one shot. Yes. Right. <laughs> That's very funny. And he looks at the gun like, holy shit. You know, why, or, why am I not carrying one of these? <laughs> clearly a riff on shooting the swordsman in the first one, in which we expect the fight is going to be more demanding than it is. In fact, Indy, you know, takes him out very quickly. It's clearly mm-hmm. a nod to that. Yep. Indy blocks one of the side tank turrets with a rock. It does the wily coyote. It peels back, <laughs> right? Like, I'm like, what did actually do that i don't think it would i it would be very bad but that's a that is clearly a we really want you to understand what happened there (laughs) fight 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 uh at one point henry takes out one of the nazis that's choking him with his pen marcus the pen is mightier than the sword i love like even henry is a little bit exasperated at that point with marcus He's yeah. like, there's literally Nazis everywhere, man. Like, come on. I almost died. Yeah. Come on, man. That's right. The tank ends up, it's just Fogel and Indy on the tank. It goes over the cliff. We see Vogel ride that right to the bottom. <laughs> right? It's so nasty, but so great. And I, I remember that from the first watching. Yeah. Oh, I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, my God, there's a body on that. There's a, the, there's a body, yeah. And unfortunately, Indiana Jones goes over, too. Yeah, all right. Rest in peace. I guess, that's yeah. the end of, uh, I guess there won't be a fourth movie. Easy, guys. And, you know, we get this beautiful moment with his father. Oh, God. I've lost him. And I never told him anything. I just wasn't ready, Marcus. Five minutes would have been enough. They're all having a sad moment. Indy <laughs> climbs up. He goes behind them. He's just looking at them like, yeah, that was kind of fucked up. But, but I love it? that like his like his shirt and jacket are all askew. He's got like nothing left in the tank, right? Like he is right? just uh, spent, <laughs> right? And he collapses after his father hugs him and is like, well done, boy. All right, let's go. And he sits down. Why are you sitting there resting when we're so near the end? Come on, let's go. And just a pure movie moment. The fedora just rolls into frame. Yeah. So, I'm sorry. Earlier I said the valley of the crescent moon. The the canyon of the crescent moon. Canyon of the crescent moon. Yep. So, the Nazis are there first. Um, and, the, oh, what one thing we skipped. The, the king of Alexandretta, or wherever they are, has yeah. given them tanks the, and soldiers. Sultan. Yeah. Sultan for the... Um, for uh, his, uh, his Rolls-Royce Phantom 2, yeah. That's right. You see that they are now taking the Sultan's men, you know. Yeah. It's better to uh, ask for forgiveness than beg for permission, I guess. Yep. Like, yeah. 
I don't think this is part of the plan is to send I, these guys oh, in oh, to I don't die. Think the, I don't think the Sultan cares, right? Like the Sultan no, doesn't he care. Might. He's he, a, he's an he's a, uh, a for the for the period. Uh, no, I I I can't pick his battles. He, he knows they're Nazis. Oh, he yeah, he, he got what he wanted. What's a <laughs> what's a few soldiers? He doesn't give a shit. So um, yeah, the fir- first first uh, well, what we think is the first guy starts walking in, but it's actually the second guy. Because we see a headless corpse there in the in the entryway to this cavern. And as he's getting closer and closer, stage lights come on, wind machine turns on, and all of a sudden his head just comes rolling out. Yeah. And we're all just like, holy shit, what just happened? Yeah. Donovan calls for another volunteer. And he doesn't even give the guy the courtesy of putting up air quotes. Like, yeah. volunteer. <laughs> right. Um, quick aside here. Uh, so this is the real-life location of Petra Jordan. And this mm-hmm. movie made it famous, but that is not a... You know, facade or a or a back lot of a studio that is a location in in Jordan and yeah, the inside looks nothing like this. Yes. But yeah, yeah, but uh, so cool. I mean, such a uh, such an iconically cool spot. The four horses at the end that they ride off on mm-hmm. are the king of Jordan's horses. Yes, I saw that. That's really cool. That's pretty rad. That's very cool. The gang has snuck in behind them, but they're quickly recaptured. And <laughs> Marcus, when the guy's got the gun, him and he. Does a little turn this way, and he's hmm? <laughs> just kind of like looking confused. Like I go over here, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really an idiot. Now Donovan doesn't need a volunteer; he's got an expert. And to motivate Indy, he turns and shoots Henry Senior in the gut, which is a smart move, right? Like it's not an immediate kill, um, but he points out. But it o- will kill him eventually. It yeah. will kill him. His only chance for survival. The healing power of the Grail is the only thing that can save your father. Now it's time to ask yourself what you believe. We've got the puzzles now, and boy, these are Goonie level puzzle traps, right? They're just delightful, especially the Word of God. Word of God is like literally right out of Goonies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's just not playing an, an, an organ made of skeleton. So every one of the t- the traps has a clue. So in the breath of God, only the penitent man will pass. So as Indy's racking his brain, it's, you know, you've got the guy who has all the knowledge that can solve this. He realizes... The man is humble. Kneels before God. Kneels! As the, the wind whips up, Indy kneels and rolls to the Captain Kirk roll forward and dodges two saw blades. So question. Yes. I don't know what the second one is. (laughs) I don't know why the second one's there. I don't know. Or how he knew to... It's not a penitent man kneels before God and does a barrel roll. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Yes. Uh, It's a little like, what the fuck are we doing right now? I actually think it would have been perfect with just the one saw blade. I think they built two. (laughs) And yeah, sure. They were like, we built them. We're using them. Yeah. Second one. Yep. Is the word of God. Only in the footsteps of God will he proceed. He realizes that his name is Jehovah. Sure. But unfortunately. But in the Latin alphabet, Jehovah begins with an I. So he steps right an I, cocksure as ever, almost falls into a ginormous canyon. Yep. It's the canyon where Zod and his crew end up in yeah. Superman 2. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. He quickly realized. And Latin Jehovah starts with an I. He makes his way through. Okay, so each one of these has a moment of how did this happen? So he obviously they're going to see the blades, right? Mm-hmm. Elsa and because Elsa and Donovan start following yeah. them through. As soon as the blades go, we see basically a hand throws like a rope around a 
Yeah, like and he throws a rope yeah, around so it, it like to stop the turn. It. Yep. How do Elsa and Donovan, he never says, spell Jehovah with an I, nothing. You know, it's possible that as soon as Indy yells back to them that it's safe after the it's breath safe of for God. The, for the breath of God. So yeah. it's possible that they came through and they were watching him. This should have been it should have been established yeah. then. It's a little it's a little nah. I mean, again, if that's your problem, then okay. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> you fucker. So the last one, the path of God. Yeah. Only in a leap from the lion's head shall he prove his worth. It's a leap of faith. He does it and uh, sadly falls to his death. Yeah. Again, no fourth movie, I guess. Casey. Oh, wait. No, I'm sorry. He, it's actually a giant pillar that I'm not really sure how they painted that to look exactly like. I know how they did in the movie. Sure. I'm talking sure, about sure. like in the reality of the movie. Yeah. Th- that's, to look exactly right. Of the three of these, it, again, it's a willing suspension of disbelief. You just got to be okay with I'm, it. I'm definitely not saying oh, this is stupid. Oh, I'm no. just oh, literally yeah, going, yeah. how the fuck did they do that? <laughs> yeah. I love the reveal to us. The camera angle shifts. And from Indy's perspective, what he was looking at looked to be a you know an open chasm. As it shifts, we can see... You know, the static design of the walkway mm-hmm. shifts, and we can see it in contrast. It's a great reveal. I mean, that's it's a great that's reveal. Really yeah. He throws some sand on there for them to be able to um, follow in his footsteps. Yep. yep. And then he enters the tomb of the Holy Grail, and there's a, a dead knight there holding up his sword, but all of a sudden that knight moves and lifts yeah. up his sword to fight Indiana and attacks. Well, does he or does he fall backward like a buffoon? <laughs> well, I mean, he starts his attack, but he is bested in combat. And we learned that, of course, there were three brothers who recovered the grail. Two left. The third, who was the holiest, was charged to remain and protect the grail until one who would come that would challenge him and be worthy. He gives up his sword. It's been 700 years. This is the moment in the movie where I still, not like chills, but it's just like, They've done such a good job of like setting the stage that when we mm-hmm. get to this, it means something, right? Like it's it's a cool moment. It's a cool moment. It's also really well sold by Harrison Ford because for a hot second, Indy is excited about this. But I don't think yeah. he's ever like, oh, I'm going to guard. He's probably like, holy shit, this sword. Wait a minute. I said, you said what? No, 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 no. This is your sword. I'm not doing this shit. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's the uh, Mandalorian season two ender. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have exactly. the sword down. So what does this mean? Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Donovan and Elsa come in, and I love Indy's like a little aside to the Grail Knight. Yeah, because the Grail like kind of gives him a little bit of side eye, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, and also like you're very strangely dressed for a for a knight. His side eye is probably like, why is there a woman doing this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's fair. <laughs> Seven hundred years. Yeah. Uh, you brought a wench. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, your concubine can wait. <laughs> There's really a fourth test, really, right, which is you must choose. And as we look around, the chamber is full of chalices and cups. And that the look like not- the, the grail that we've seen in uh, uh, grail drawings. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a variety. Shape. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. So um, the test is you must choose the grail. But as the true grail will bring you life, the false grail will take it from you. And Donovan's like... Yeah, go ahead. You, you go know, first. Indy steps back. Indy's like, okay, well, uh, the, you know. Have a good time, I, you Nazi son of a bitch. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Donovan's like, I'm not a historian. I have no idea what it looks like. Which one is it? 
Oh, Elsa, like, nicely uh, volunteers to find one for Donovan. Let me choose. And it's an incredibly ornate chalice. Uh-huh. This certainly is the cup of the King of Kings. Okay. Dips it in. As he's dipping it in, there's that quick shot of Elsa looking at any, like, nope. <laughs> I sabotaged. Yep. You and mean he, sabotage. <laughs> Hence the word sabot. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, I think this effect still holds up for what oh, it is. Oh, 100%. It's not, now, a CG, it's not CGI. Oh, no, not at all. It's makeup. What's so cool about it is the very, the first reveal after he drinks yes. is just literally stage aging makeup. Yes. It is just aging him in his face with he looks some gray and sunken. shadows. Yeah. yeah. When he turns around, there is now latex, including his knuckles yep. to make them frailer. What is happening to me? And then he grabs Elsa, and it becomes a stop motion yeah. of him just decaying away. Yeah. Initially, Spielberg wanted that to be one continuous shot. And I think someone was like, Stephen, we just we are limited by the technology of our time. <laughs> that's we that's cannot right. do that. I understand but that yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it fucking holds up because it is practical. Yeah, yeah. Even in, I don't know if, I don't know, we both watched this on Paramount Plus, Mm -hmm. the wonderful, uh, easy to navigate app that it is. (laughs) Um, So he turns into a pile of bones. We get uh, Bitchy Knight. He chose poorly. I I mean, that's an old school meme, right? Oh, yeah. That's, that's, That's that goes back a while. Yeah. Now, Indy and Elsa are working together, right? And they, both recognize that Christ was a carpenter and mm-hmm. he was not, you know, he was not an earthly king, would not have had a golden chalice. It's a yep. simple worked cup. Do you know that it has come out that they think that they might have misread and he might have been a stone worker? Oh. Not a carpenter? No. Oh, interesting. Gosh, it's almost like the Bible was translated into four different languages before we put it in English. And some stuff might not be right now. And it's uh, thousands of years old. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. a collection yeah. of uh, different works. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know what I love is Indy recognizes he makes his choice. And even just seeing what happened, I, I think unafraid, you know, walks over to the basin, you know, gets the water, drinks from it. You have chosen wisely. And then he tells him, hey, you can take it out to your father. The grail cannot pass beyond the great seal. That is the boundary and the price of immortality. At this point, now Indiana Jones is suddenly immortal. Yeah, like, sure. And he's going he's he's to take forever. the grail to a museum where it belongs. But, of course, you know, there's strings attached. So he, mm-hmm. he runs the cup. Well, no, at this point, he's. I don't think he's even worried about getting the grail to a museum. He's... He's worried about saving his dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of, of course, that is his concern. But but he would never think to profit from it. This is a historical, you know, mm-hmm. the artifact of artifacts. This belongs in a museum. Like, his next thought would have been, well, we should bring this to a museum, right? Like, that's where right. it should go. Brings it out, gives a little to Sean. It's very clear at this point, Sean's beard is very thick. Okay. But then when he is healed, literally... In the same shot, in the same shooting day, I'm assuming, so it obviously was a pickup, his beard is much shorter once he sits up. Got and it. just like, what? what just happened? So in D&D terms, the grail is an okay. artifact. 
It has the power mm-hmm. of X number of times a day. Liquid poured into it will turn into a potion of healing because as soon mm-hmm. as he administers that to the dying Dr. Jones uh, and then washes his abdomen, he is uh, he is healed and returned to health. And it's this almost like cathartic revival. It's really cool. Do you know how they did the effect of uh, getting rid of the bullet hole? Uh, I assume that I bet that's you you can... vinegar and baking soda. Because it bubbles up and dissolves. Yeah, it's a, it's a it, that's exactly what it is, and it looks great. It looks. So Why good. do it any other way? Yeah. It's so simple. Yep. Put a pile of baking soda on Sean Connery's chest. Pour some vinegar on it, and ta-da! Yeah, he's healed. Yep, it's a really great effect. So suddenly, Elsa is an absolute dum dum. Well, she was standing there listening, but but again, you know, setting the stage, uh, Kazim the. The man from the Brotherhood of the Cruciform Sword basically if you're said, "Looking you know, for it for yeah, yeah, for you know glory or you know, you know the wrong reasons. It'll bring you ruin, right? You will, and it's a very biblical, it's a very biblical approach to it, right? Like you know, is it quote unquote God's will that that made Elsa, you know, since he knew that she was not pure of heart, that would be predestination. I would say from a non predestination view, I would say she had free will and she chose." And her motives were not pure, and you know the wicked are punished, right? It's a so she fucked around and found out. She fucked around and found out. <laughs> is that what she did? That's one hundred percent what she did. <laughs> is this the, is this the first historical documented version of fuck around and find out? I think it is, and I think you nailed it perfectly. That's the exact right. right way to describe it. Uh, so uh, we're we're suddenly at the end of Supergirl, where all the floor just goes in different places. I was thinking this is the end, but that works as well. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Well, this is the end is just a giant sure hole. This is it's, well, it's a it's chasm. There's people, the no, there's people on both sides. No, there's people on both. It's a chasm. <laughs> yeah, you're already in. Yeah. Um, uh, the the Grail has fallen to a ledge, slightly out of the reach of Elsa. She tries to grab it. Uh, Indy is pleading. Elsa. Give me your other hand, honey. I can't hold you. I can reach it. I can reach it. Elsa, give me your hand. Give me your other hand. And where? And so uh, she falls. And where does Elsa go? She, she goes to Superman Two. It's that no, same. No, no, no. I'm going for a different joke. Okay. Elsa goes. Nice. <laughs> well played. Well Come played. on. It's right. It's right there. It's there. right there. It's right there. And as soon as she falls, the ledge Indy standing on crumbles. He falls. His father catches him. And Indy has the same choice. Junior, give me your other hand. I can't hold on. And he's reaching for it. I can get it. I can almost reach it, Dad. And the payoff for every back and forth between Indy and oh, his Junior. father yeah. is, oh, no, he says, Indiana. He no, calls that's what him I'm saying. Of, of oh, calling him oh, Junior, yeah, yeah, the yeah. whole movie. Yeah. And oh my God, the gravitas that he puts behind Indiana. Indiana. And the flip of the switch, Indy, that doesn't exist. He knows the world he wants to be a part of. It's where his father is. And he, like, it didn't even exist. Well, it's that. And it's also the fact that what does he say right after that, uh, continuing the Elsa Frozen theme? Let it go. <laughs> Yeah, uh, bitch. <laughs> but here's this person who was obsessed with the Grail yeah. his whole life. He he's ostracized his son, and at this point, he's like, "No, you're more important." Yep. It's this beautiful thing that Spielberg does so well in his movies. Yeah. 
it's you, you choose the things that oh. matter to you, right? And mm-hmm. yeah, a hundred percent, hundred percent. So does does since they cross the seal, does that mean the knight is not immortal anymore? I, yeah, I, so clearly, so, I really hope so. They so. leave as the temple is collapsing, um, and I think yeah. the look back to the night. I read that as the night, his duty has been discharged. The Grail will disappear mm-hmm. from this earth. He no longer has to protect it. He can pass on to his reward. That's how I, I, I read it. Like the yeah, end I, of I, you I, know, I, at the end of Endgame, you know. I'm oh, that. you son of a bitch! Um, <laughs> Just yeah, the 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 hand up is almost like a thanks for getting me out of this horrible damnation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, you know, I I think it's a weariness. He he served faithfully. He 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 mm-hmm. for seven seven hundred years. years. But now his duty has been discharged. <laughs> he can put down the and burden. he's going to be crushed to death. Listen, yay God! I, I think <laughs> at seven hundred years, you know, he didn't he wasn't blessed with eternal youth. Uh, you know, I think I think he's weary. I think he's. He, I think he's ready well, for the rest, the slumber. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, aren't we all? Yeah. Uh, I will welcome death like an old friend, like the third brother in the Terry Potter. <laughs> uh, so they get up on their horses. They keep, he keeps saying, calling him Junior. Jeez, what does it always mean? This, this Junior. That's his name. Henry Jones Junior. I like Indiana. We're named the dog Indiana. The dog? <laughs> you are named after the dog? <laughs> I got a lot of fond memories of that dog. And um, Marcus tries to be the hero. Follow me! I know the way! Ah! He falls over sideways and slow. Uh, Henry's got lost in his own museum, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After you, Junior. Yes, they ride off. Indiana Jones theme starts playing. They literally are riding into the sunset. Dear Steven Spielberg, I love your movies. This should have been the end. It's the perfect ending for these movies. They ride. They ride off, right? Like into the. They ride off yeah, into the sunset. It's, yeah. yeah, that. Like it, it's it's every bit. You know, Skyfall, in my opinion, should have been the end of the Daniel Craig Bond. I think you know that was an ending. You gotta look for the. You gotta end it right. Look for the off. Yeah. Just like we've got the off ramp here for this movie, and we can say, movie. yeah, and movie. Oh, Casey, phenomenal choice, man! What a, what a great choice! Thank you, thank you. Uh, but before we get out of here, we got some questions. We sure do. Uh, Todd, who was your favorite character? I mean, it's a tough one, and and like I Oof. said, any of the good guys are enjoyable. Um, but look. I mean, Henry, Henry Senior, you know, is a, a strong contender there. But at the end of the day, maybe even more than Han Solo, for me, Harrison Ford is Indiana Jones, and it's it's Indiana. Okay, how about you? Um, yeah, it's Indiana Jones. Okay, yeah. Casey, what? Uh, good luck with this one. I, whatever you pick, I'm not going to disagree. But what is the best scene? I'm going to change it to best set piece, and it's going to be uh, what we almost drank: uh, storm the castle. It's the whole castle scene. Okay. It starts with funny. We get some some action excitement. It's really yeah. good. Yeah. Don't don't disagree with you. Um, you know, I I love the whole. Uh, 
the 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 tomb of the grail I, the final choice the choose wisely I, I just think it's executed so the, well so perfect yeah this is the kind of movie that you could just say whatever yeah, exactly like yep yeah um yeah agree uh so what would be one scene you would cut nothing nothing, nothing. and nothing. and there's you know nothing that I would trim nothing that I would change nothing that was problematic for me it's a it's a yeah 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 I think yeah I, thankfully thankfully unlike the other two Indiana Jones movies we like. There's nothing problematic in this one. Yeah, yeah, it's just delight beginning to end. Like even the people that might have a problem with Elsa, the Elsa indie seduction, like how it goes, oh. she's doing it for a purpose. Yeah, it, she's. They're, they're both. They're both choosing that. There's, 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 yeah. there's clear consent there. Yeah. Um, Casey, who is the actor having the most fun? Is it Sean Connery? I think it's Sean Connery. I, see, I just don't think, from everything else I've seen about him, I don't think he was a joyful person, so I have a hard time believing that he enjoyed anything. Okay. Okay. Then no. Uh, then uh, John Reese davies Yes. Yes. Sala comes in. N- not in Sala's Temple Ox. of Doom. You know, He's wonderful in Raiders, not in Temple of Doom. Hey. Oh, okay. Yeah, you were yeah. Saying, oh, no, no. I wasn't asking. I was saying. Not, I was yeah. like, no, 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 yeah. no, no. no. Uh, so coming back in this one, and then again, especially the scene where also, he picks up you Marcus. know, yeah. I, well, and also like you look at Sala in Raiders; it's a very serious Sala. Yes. Like, I think it's almost like this unwritten thing of like, hey, you guys get to come back and be like ten yeah, percent dumber, and you're gonna have, a, and you're gonna have more, and you're gonna have more fun. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, All so right, so the IMDb well. score was, yeah. Uh, IMDb score, 8.3 out of 10. <sighs> no. I mean, this is this is like 100%. This is a great fucking movie. 10 out of 10. This is a perfect movie. There's nothing. Yeah. You, you know, you mm-hmm. submit this as your life's work as a director, and you can, you know, hands up and, and feel good about what you got. Um, I don't. That and like. Of the three of the of the three Indiana Jones movies that I watched, mm-hmm. this is the one I've seen the most. Yeah, yeah, agree, agree. Followed closely by Raiders, but yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, Temple's one I haven't. I don't revisit that I, often. You know, if it's on, I'll stop because it's still indie. But yeah, I'm certainly not seeking it out. I'll be like, oh, I'll intentionally go to this one. Um, I don't understand the ratings. You know, Raiders is only. An eight point four out of ten. I don't understand that either. I, I don't understand these ratings. What does Crystal Skull have while you're there? Just six point two. All right, that now we're now we're talking. That makes yeah. sense. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which also don't know that I love the whole revision of changing the titles to be Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. No, it was Raiders of the Lost Ark. It was Temple of Doom, and now mm. it, and then it was Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom was always the name of that movie. Mm, the original theatrical it's old, release? It's, yep, because they just wanted to call the first one Raiders of the Lost Ark. Then Indy had a brand, so the, the uh, mm. everything after that. I do, I agree with okay. you. Going back and making it okay, Indiana so Jones and the Raiders of the Lost is, Ark is stupid. That was stupid, yeah. Um, okay. Well, Casey, listen, you, you stuck a theme. Your theme could have been, you know, you know, iconic directors. I like Steven Spielberg. You like Steven Spielberg, <laughs> uh, which is not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, oh, we, we skipped one thing. Yeah. Uh, Dad's oh. Breakdown. <laughs> of of all the Indiana Jones movies, this would be one I th- would show the bean. She may yeah. she may get bored by the amount of chases in this movie. Uh, she may be like, "There's too much chasing." Yeah, but you know, there's enough. 
And again, Raiders is wonderful, but you know there are some moments of lightness, but not nearly enough to balance the balance. And you know, face melting, perfect. Yeah, but the balance in this between the light and the heavy is just perfectly done. Who's the yeah? Never who's the editor for who, this because I feel like that. I feel like that's a role that is often um, overlooked. Well, also, the cinematographer. I think this is one of the last things he did before he passed. Oh, away. no kidding. Yeah, oh, that's unfortunate. Uh, oh, I had it on Wiki. So the cinematographer was Douglas Douglas Slocum, edited by yep. Michael Kahn. That's a name that I know. Oh, because he's often collaborates with Spielberg. Yeah, posting. Hey, he was also the cinematographer for Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, no kidding. Wow, that's crazy! Wow, yeah, but yeah, Last Crusade was the last thing he did. Yep, hmm. as cinematographer, well, it's uh, you know, well done. But then, yeah. weirdly, lived uh, till 2016. He must have just retired. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. All right, all right. So, Casey, uh, okay, here we go. E.T., Jurassic Park, Indiana Jones, and the Last Crusade were your three movie milestones this season. And yours were Secret of Nim, the Beastmaster, Beastmaster. Mm. and the the movie that defined for me what coolness was as a teenager, well into adulthood for me. It's not Roadhouse, but I I will tell you, I, I know it's uh, I listen, know it's not Roadhouse. It, it, Patrick Swayze, you know, I'm a big Swayze fan, and Roadhouse is the reason. Roadhouse was a serious contender, but I knew you would have thought I was fucking with you. But it's not Roadhouse. It's another long-haired, ass-kicking, cool man. It is the movie that defined the buddy cop action genre. It is 1987's Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon. Ah, so question, are we going to watch the director's cut? Uh, Yeah, I think we should. Yeah. Have you ever seen it? Mm, the director's cut? I, I, I have not sought it out, so it's possible that I may not have. Oh, Todd, it's there's some good shit. Okay. In it. Oh, great. Well, then we're going to watch. There's some good shit in it. Uh, I love it then. So we will watch the 1987 director's cut of Lethal Weapon. So why don't we. So let's watch that yeah. trailer. He is a criminal's worst nightmare. A cop who enjoys the danger. No guns, no jujitsu, just bring him down. They really want to jump. Well, then that's fine with me. Come on. Wait, what do you mean? Wait a minute. What the hell? He was ready to retire. Now, he's gonna wish he had. Gun! Raj, meet your new partner. New partner? (laughs) Too old for this. If these guys can just stand each other. What you got in there? Boy and Smith? A lot of old timers carry those. The bad guys don't stand a chance. Don't kill anybody. Don't tell anybody. I'm too old for this. Are you as good as you say you are? Nobody can touch me. Suppose we better register you as a lethal weapon. You ever met anybody you didn't kill? I haven't killed you yet. It's a good choice. Yeah. I, and again, you know, I'm fine acknowledging Mel Gibson has made some poor choices in his life. 
Uh, totally no, fine with that. Mel Gibson's a garbage person. Yes. Um, <laughs> he's actually still trying to get Lethal Weapon 5 made. I'm like, hey, Mel, let it go now. Um, Richard Donner's dead. We don't we need don't it. We don't need a fifth indie movie. We don't need a fifth Lethal Weapon movie. But, boy, Lethal Weapon 1, Shane Black, somebody that Shane we're Black. a fan of. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you what. I uh, am it's, never. It's a Christmas movie just like Die Hard. I am never too old for this shit, unlike Ray, uh, Murtaugh. So, yeah. Uh, this movie has the distinction in, uh, movie history. Why is that? Do you want me to tell you now or wait till oh, next episode? Oh, no, you should wait. We should wait then. Okay. All right. I look forward. But I'll tell you now so you sure. can, so you can see yeah. it. It is the first time a cell phone is filmed in a movie. What? When Riggs is on the, when Murtaugh's on the yes, bridge to, and he's talking. Oh, and he's talking into it's the, a cell the phone. brick, right? It's the, yeah, because yeah, he's it, got the it's, bag. It's, no, it's the, it's like the executive phone that's, that's the like briefcase. It's like the it's first the cell yeah. phone. My mom, my mom had yeah. one of those. Yeah, it was, yeah. I had the the later version my parents had, but we had them because oh, your dad was my sales, dad was right? electronic salesman. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, we could not have afforded those. <laughs> I mean, right. those things were like. Seven thousand yeah, dollars. Yeah. Well, my mom did not have mom, them when it was that, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Go. Oh. Yeah. 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 So uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited. I you know, well, I'm very excited. I I love Lethal Weapon yeah. One. It's a great movie. I love Lethal Weapon Two. I like Lethal Weapon Me Three. Too. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So Todd, where can people find <laughs> if they want to weigh in on? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well. Um, my uh let's see now on tiktok but also actually wait we're on page, patreon and don't everyone knows where to oh, find what us am I doing? no i was just trying to get away from having right, to okay. make any kind of comment about this weapon four um yeah so why don't we talk about music mm-hmm. music for our podcast comes to us from a couple of places our theme song is take a chance by kevin mcleod you can find his music at incompetech.com our beer music is Feather Duster by Shane Ivers. Find his music at silvermansound.com. So that'll do it for the Super Pod Hero Cast for this episode. For Todd Panic, I'm Casey Ryan. For Casey Ryan, I'm Todd Panic. And I've been your moderator, Dan Ryan. Be, Be heroic. All right, man. Says it when they're in a hospital, and Rachel's like, Ross, come on, that means something here. <laughs> That's great. I love that running gag in the uh, Hangover movies. Well, yeah, but you're a I've dentist. I've never seen one of the <gasps> Hangover movies. What? Never seen them. I'm, okay, N- listeners, never uh, friends, you can direct all of your shock and outrage to superbotherocast at gmail.com. Because? Only Cap writes letters. Tony. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, uh, that's a... If, if you can grab that uh, Rick and Morty draft. You that's son a, of a bitch. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that was that's a pretty good uh, Morty. Thank you. Uh, you just right. uh, you just to Michael J. Fox. Sure. Okay. Yep. That makes. Yep. Got it. Yep. Of course. Morty Marty. Where Indian and Howard are. Uh, Henry. Howard Henry 